Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Is it one or the other? We'll explain that in a minute. Good morning, everybody. This is Fox Football Sunday. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And now the way sports talk should be. My partner, my guy, my friend, the one and only Mr. Bucky Brooks. Hello, Buck. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What's up, Andy? Everything is great. Good week for you, I hope. Yeah, it's a great week. Great week, man. You know, I hate, I hate to put you on the spot. I know you're, you're the football maven here at Fox Sports Radio. There's no doubt in my mind. No one knows more football than you. You're right for Fox Sports, the website. You, you're on the NFL.com. I mean, you, you're Mr. Football. I mean, it's great. I, I learned so much from you. I really do. However, I like to just turn the corner a bit because I want to talk a drop of baseball with you, if you don't mind. If you don't mind. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. 
Big week this week. Aaron Judge hits number 62, all right? And Dusty Baker, and I love Dusty. He managed here in the Cincinnati Reds. I got to know him fairly well, and, and I, I think he's the greatest. I hope he wins it all because with that, with a World Series championship, he's destined for Cooperstown because he's just the way the way it should be, okay? But in the Houston Chronicle this week, after Judge hit his 62nd home run, they asked him about uh, – you know, is Barry Bonds at number 73 still the home run champion? Because baseball says no. They say it's Aaron Judge. So Dusty says, what I saw Barry do, I don't care what people say. I was with him every day. They want to put an asterisk by it. But then 73, but then 73 went over the fence, didn't have an asterisk by then. When they went over that fence with regularity, well, there's your proof they were legit. Dusty Baker said he saw them. So in Baker's world, that means that Judge number 62 legitimately placed him, I guess, in seventh place behind Bonds. And Sammy Sosa is 66, 64, 63. And Mark McGuire is 70 and 65. You know, in my mind, I'm kind of swaying towards Dusty, maybe because I, I like him. But the guy hit 73 home runs. I mean, I know to put the asterisk there. I still think he's the champ. I think what Aaron Judge did was a tremendous feat. But 73, he did it. I don't care if he did it with steroids, without. He never was proven that he had used them. I, I say that the champ is Barry Bonds. I agree with you. Thank um, you. I don't think that we can legislate who and what deserves an asterisk when no one really knows who was doing what. Not only batters, but the pitchers. We went through the steroid era, and the steroid era actually brought interest back to baseball because – Prior to that, we were coming off the, the scandal where we had uh, the strike that kind of marred the early to mid-90s. And it wasn't until the 98 home run chase that everyone kind of jumped back into watching baseball. It was Maguire and Sosa and those guys. And so right or wrong, whether they used or not, we watched those guys hit those home runs. And I don't think what you can do is take a handful of guys that you may or may not know that did and then just kind of taint them without knowing what everyone else was doing. And I know they talk about the reports and all those other things. Look, unless you're testing everybody, you really don't know who was doing and who was on performance-enhancing drugs and, and those things. So we can call it the steroid era, but we all witnessed Barry Bonds at 73 home runs. So he is the rightful record holder. You can recognize Aaron Judge and his accomplishments, but you cannot ignore what we watched. You can't kind of rip out the record books, what we saw. So we just got to go with it. Barry Bonds is you. the I'm rightful record holder at 73. And I'll go one step further. If if people think the steroid era was so bad and so eagle, illegal, illegal, and so terrible, why on earth was Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of baseball at that time during the steroid era, why is he in the Baseball Hall of Fame? If it was such a bad mm. thing, they should have banned him. Everybody else in that era seems to be banned from the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, Sosa, Bonds. I mean, maybe eventually they'll get in, but they're somewhat banned on the banned list in the minds of many. So why is Bud Selig in? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And I think you go all the way back. I mean, you can, you can talk about, like, prior to integration, uh, the records that stand from that time prior to Jackie Robinson, those guys breaking the color barrier. Um, there have been other incidents and scandals that have tainted baseball. I think what baseball has to do is they have to quit picking and choosing who they like to include into the Hall of Fame and those things. Look, it's not a personality thing. It's not a popularity contest. It's about what people did between the lines. And so, yes. fair or not, Barry Bonds 
and Roger Clemens and some of those other guys, they should get their flowers for how they performed. Um, and I think it's wrong to kind of pick and choose because there's some guys that are in the Hall of Fame. Was it Jeff Bagwell and some of these other guys? There's been a cloud of uncertainty about whether they dabbled in those kinds of things. And so I just think that before we try and like make these isolated comments on who should and who shouldn't be, like I think you just put a cloud over that whole thing because we don't know. And say, this was the steroid era. These records were accomplished in the steroid era. And then just go about it that way. But it's a fantastic announcement for Aaron Judge. Yeah. Excuse me, Buck. Our, our guy Chris has a question. Go right ahead, my man. Yeah, so I know kind of the next step after this is then people will say, well, we should celebrate because the American League record. Which they, you I, know what? I, 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 guess, so I guess I understand oh. that, but at the same time, like I, I want to at least make the case that I, I don't understand having two different records in the Thank sense you. that we now have year-round interleague play and a universal DH. Like Whatever differences there are between the National League and American League, are gone. So how do you guys feel about having, I, you, know, you know, people, what? people are saying, well, we should celebrate because it's the American league record. And I get that, but I had to do a lot of uh, napkin math to figure out who was the touchdown leader between AFC and NFC. And I don't think <laughs> the NFL separates it like that Thank between you. conferences. I didn't think you were that smart, to be quite honest with you. I, I love. I that. didn't think I was that smart either. Well, I, I'm glad you brought this up. All of a sudden, when, when Judge hit that home run, everybody was celebrating with the American League record. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. If LeBron James leads the West, the Western Conference in the NBA in scoring, is he the, the Western Conference champion in scoring? Or is he the NBA scoring leader? If you pick up any document online or in the newspapers when they have major league leaders in home runs, they do not separate it by AL and NL. It's major league leaders in home runs, be it AL, AL, NL in one column. And again, so, like you, you can make that case back in the day when... AL and NL teams didn't play each other, and NL did not have designated hitters. It was but, a separate league. They had two yeah. different presidents, two different leagues, two different rules, two different umpires, two different balls. Mm-hmm. That was it. Now it's all under one umbrella. It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, it's funny you talk about that stuff because we can talk about the juice ball era and how sometimes it seems like the ball flies farther than others. There's just so many different things when it comes to baseball that makes it really hard to take it seriously when people make these isolated arguments on whether Aaron Judge's stuff is legit and I saw these things and Roger Maris and Aaron Judge and yada, yada, yada. I think we have to go with the numbers as they are because it's too hard to parcel out who should be, who shouldn't be, who was doing, who wasn't doing. Look, man, the records are what they are. We have to celebrate and recognize that. I, I think it's, it's a tremendous feat what Aaron Judge did, but I don't think he's the home run champ. I think it's even a bigger feat what Barry Bonds did. And people will tell me all the time, you know, he was ster- – you know what? I could take steroids from today to tomorrow. I couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. I mean, people don't understand that it, it's a great hand-eye coordination that God gives you a gift that you could play ball. He gave it to you in the National Football League. He's given it to athletes, and I don't care what you're taking. Now, certainly steroids will help you maybe hit the ball maybe 30 – 30 feet further. Maybe it'll help you get back into the line a bit quicker because of healing processes, but still you have to have that God-given ability to do it. And and most people don't. Yeah, no, I think that, and having been in the Bay Area at the time when Barry Bonds was knocking him out, like he was getting one or two pitches to hit a night. He would knock it over the fence. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what he was able to do just because of the difficulty in doing it. Because I want to say at the same time, the number of walks that he was getting, intentional walks and those things. And so just the number of home runs per real opportunity, to me, he continues to deserve to be celebrated for that. And 
Look, man, I, I really don't understand what this whole week was about, trying yeah. to kind of dismiss his accomplishments while talking right. about what Aaron Judge was able to accomplish. I'm with you a thousand percent. And it's funny because I, I just think that they want to dismiss him, as you say. And I think they made that um, whoever did it behind closed doors in the baseball office, the commissioner's office. Said, Let's make Judge the American League champion. I'm saying to myself, when did that ever happen? I mean, you just don't separate the leagues, and they and they did that. So I, I think it was nuts. But I'm glad we we got that off our chest. And thank you, Chris, for bringing that up as well. So you know, we'll go back. We'll go back to Thursday a little bit of the National Football League, a little football back in your in your wheelhouse there, Bucky Brooks. We'll do that. And I said coming into the segment, it was it the coach or the quarterback? What's the problem with Denver? That game may have been the ugliest game I've ever seen. Thursday's game, twelve nine in overtime, a loss. Denver loses to the Colts, embarrassing. Seven field goals, a dozen punts, twenty five thirty down stops, four interceptions, six fumbles. This is not the National Football League. This is not what they want to broadcast on national television. It was ugly because they made all that history. But the bottom line in this game is, I got to believe, is Russell Wilson. What's wrong? And now they say he's got some sort of a shoulder problem. I, I don't think that Russell Wilson is the kind of guy that's respected by teammates. That's all I'm saying. If you make a salary $245 million, you have to act like a leader or play like a champion. And he's not doing either one couple things to unpack when it comes to the Russell Wilson situation. One, if people have been paying attention to how Russell had been playing the previous two years, the way that he's playing now shouldn't be a surprise. If you go back and look at the midpoint of the 2020 season, the Seattle Seahawks let Russ cook. They were throwing the ball all over the yard. But right at the middle of the season, teams started playing too deep coverage, and Russell Wilson is not a timing and rhythm quarterback, meaning – and he's not the type to catch the snap and release the ball right away. His best plays throughout his career have always been these extended plays where it's either coming off play action, he's pushing the ball down the field, or he runs around the pocket until someone uncovers and he throws it over the defense's head. And so a lot of people have taken the Seattle Seahawks to task because the offensive line, quote-unquote, surrendered a bunch of sacks. But a lot of those sacks were on Russell because Russell doesn't throw on time and it's impossible to block for so long for a quarterback that you don't know where he's going to throw the ball from. Secondly, when it comes to Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett got a lot of credit for the work that he did with Aaron Rodgers, even though he wasn't the play caller. Matt LaFleur was the play caller. They were running Matt LaFleur's system. Nathaniel Hackett may have relayed the calls, but Matt LaFleur was responsible for that offense. And when you go back and think about the responsibility of the offense, when you have an elite quarterback, if you're letting the quarterback kind of do his thing, I don't know how much credit you get for that quarterback's talents. Now we're seeing with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, the system that they're putting in place is one that is an old-school West Coast offense system that's predicated on timing and rhythm. You have a new play caller well, he's called plays before, but you have a new play caller trying to adjust to an older quarterback who doesn't play on time. That's why it's this mismatch of why they can't get it going. If the Broncos were being, I guess if they were being real, they would look at Russell Wilson and say that he's not the quarterback right now that can play in that. We need to run the ball, throw off play action, and live in that world. But because Russ seemingly wants to be like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, he wants to play a certain way like they have. So he stopped running. He wants to throw from the pocket. And he's not at his best like that. That's why you see this disjointed offense from the Broncos. So when I asked the question, is it the coach or the quarterback? What's the problem? It's a question of these two guys just don't mesh. That, that's the problem. It's a little bit on each one of them. Yeah, it's the system and a declining player. 
Russell Wilson was at his best when he was athletic, using his movement skills and those things. At 33, 34 years old, Russell Wilson doesn't want to run around anymore. He wants to throw from the pocket. The problem that is that he has is he's not a precise pinpoint passer from the pocket. And so until he kind of recognizes his game, it's always going to be flawed because it's not going to work because the way that he plays at his best is not the way that he's currently playing right now. At his best, he's on the move. He's he's doing those things where he's pulling rabbits out of the hat. What he's trying to do now is play Tom Brady-like quarterback, and he's not built to play like Tom Brady. Amazing. He was sacked four times. He was picked off twice Thursday night, and uh, he has four touchdowns now in five games. His worst start of his 11-year career. And, and look, I mean, I don't think anybody – I think there was a big – big breath of, of relief after that game from the people in Seattle and all of a sudden now, week after week, Pete Carroll looks more and more like a genius and Geno Smith is, is rocking the boat right now in Seattle. It's unbelievable. Who would have thunk that? That Geno Smith is getting the job done. I don't think Seattle's going to go too far at the end of the season, but they may end up with more wins than Denver, that's for sure. Yeah, they may. And so let's give Pete Carroll credit because Pete Carroll tried to tell us this. Pete Carroll said at the end of the 2020 season, um, hey, man, we got to get people out of cover two. We got to get people out of the two high safety looks because it's killing us. It's taking away the big plays. We have to run the ball. Everybody kind of bristled at the notion of why would Pete Carroll want to run the ball more when he has this all-timer at quarterback. The reason mm-hmm. Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball more is because by running the football, you get favorable looks, meaning single high safety, one safety in the middle of the field, one-on-one coverage on the outside. So then the players that Russ had at his disposal, uh, Lockett and DK Metcalf, could go to work. Well, now fast forward. At the end of last year, when they brought in Shane Walton, they did this uh, Shanahan-like system. It didn't work for Russell because, once again, Russell doesn't want to throw on time. And Mm. he wants to kind of do his own thing from the pocket. And what it does, it messes up the time and the rhythm of the passing game. And so Pete Carroll would rather have a lesser player who does it right, meaning he he operates the system the way it's supposed to be operated, than Russell because the system creates opportunities. And if the quarterback is just okay, that quarterback can function at a high level. But when you have someone who refuses to stay within the lines and operate it the way they're supposed to be operated, it looks a mess. And now you're seeing the difference between Geno Smith running the offense and Russell Wilson running the offense. Even though Russell Wilson is a better player, Geno Smith is a better system player, which is why it's working in Seattle. Bucky Brooks, you're wasting your time talking sports with me on Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. You should be coaching the Denver Broncos. That's what you should be doing. <laughs> no, but I love no, that no, you're no, here. No, no, no. That yes, yes. I, I tell you what, that that's a little that's on my list. Another letter. Another letter going out, Denver. You're gonna get that deal. I'm trying my very best. All right, he is Bucky Brooks. Get him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks or when Mike Harmon arrives here an hour number three at Swollen Dome or at Andy Furman FSR. We'll I'm read him and retweet him. I don't know much. There you go. 877-99 on Fox is our number. We'd love to hear from you. Or 877-996-6369. Our lineup today. Bucky remembers in this hour. Love that. Bottom barrel betting in hour number two. Hour number three with the Swollen Dome himself. And, of course, Bucky's best. But coming up from the TireRack.com studios, this team is more than just a quarterback. And we'll tell you why next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Taking a quarterback risk. That's right around the corner, about 24 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday, and he is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman, and you're listening live from the Tyrac.com studios, and away we go. And uh, before we get into this NFL and what's going on today, because there's an early game in England again today, Giants, Packers, uh, got to ask you about the fan who ran on the field during the Rams' loss at San, San Francisco Monday night. Police reported that this guy, uh, he was attacked, I guess attacked, you could use the word, by Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner. And now the uh, Santa Clara Police Department says that the police report was filed Tuesday because this guy is now going to sue him. Is, is that the deal? What do you do if some lunatic runs on the field? You have no idea if he has a knife, a gun, whatever it may be. He had some sort of a, a firecracker, a, a firebomb, whatever it was. 
So, so what, what do you do? I mean, I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, and now all of a sudden, Bobby Wagner and, and the, the NFL is going to be, I guess, in a lawsuit against this lunatic. I mean, I, I don't understand what were we going with this. I mean, and they, they, they put it on the TV. I remember years ago when they had streaking, when streaking was in, and it was very big during baseball games, baseball guys and TV cameras would put the guy on TV and cover up the, the, the essential parts that shouldn't be shown on TV. Then eventually, they stopped putting it on TV. And you know what? The streaking stopped. See, everybody wants that minute of fame. So this guy runs on the field. He probably was blitzed from drinking, you know. So I guess it was a bet with his buddies in the stands, whatever it may be. Guy climbs over the fence and runs on the field, and away we go. What do you do? And, and Chris, let, let me ask you this, or Tab, what do you, what do, you do? I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. I was shocked, A, that the guy ran on the field because it's crazy. But more, more so, I'm shocked that not as a lawsuit – he filed a police report against the Rams linebacker, Bobby Wagner. This is nuts. Well, really. I think I, I I would have to wait and see just some of the details. I, I would imagine if you're a player, you just want to stay out of it just because of something something like this. Like, it's not your role. In, that's the role of security to tackle someone like this. But, yeah, it, it, it's going to seem flimsy, and I'm, I'm not a legal expert. I would have to get to someone who's a legal expert. I would just say for Wagner, like, he seemed frustrated at the time, but like that's not his. That that's the sort of thing where security's that security's role, and it didn't look like Wagner was under threat or anything. But well, yeah. he laid him out pretty good, Wagner. No, I mean, he, he absolutely have to do did. That. But I think he that's part bear hugged. And also, and, you're, he's yeah. in pads and a giant human being and wearing a helmet too. That's a lot of extra weight on top of it. Right. I mean, I could pick, and this is. This is pushing it a little bit, but I could picture you running on the field. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just saying, you know, I could see you sitting in the stands having a couple of cold ones and, you know, you and I sitting together. I say, Chris, you know what? I'll give you a hundred bucks going on the field. I, oh, I could see you doing that. Would you, if no. you had the opportunity no. for the right no. amount of money, for the right amount? The right amount of money isn't going to get that off my record anytime soon. Like you would have to give me, you're, you're talking a hundred dollars. We're going to have to like add like three Thousand. or four digits to this. Well, let me say, you know, how about five grand? Five grand to run the field. <sighs> that doesn't take out my student loans, Andy. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know why I'm saying that. I, I, don't, I don't mean any disrespect to you by saying it, but I just think that you're kind of the guy. I, I get it. I look shifty. That's exactly what this well, is. You're I, looking I at the, you're yeah. looking over at me, the man with the raccoon eyes, and it's like, yeah, you could absolutely, Chris is absolutely a near-do-well, and he would absolutely do this and just run onto the field. No problem. No, I don't say shifty. I say you're more of a free spirit. I think a free spirit type would do it. I think you're kind of a free spirit, you know? I don't think our man Tab would do it, but I think you would do it. Whoa, whoa, Tab- whoa, whoa. I would do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding you me? Really? I am all about the clout, man. Listen to me. I am what? fast. I am agile. And I'll be honest with you, I'm probably faster than Wagner, hands down. Well, he's got the equipment on. He's got all that stuff on. You know, the shoulder pairs, the whole deal. I mean, you know, and I see so many security guards when this incident happens from time to time. These guys are overweight and they're old and they, and they, they trip over them, over themselves trying to get these guys that run on the field. It's it's funny. It really is. It's embarrassing. I saw, I think about a year ago, there was a black cat that ran on the field on oh, a Monday night game. I saw that, game. yes. Yeah, the, the, the security guys couldn't catch the cat. But I that, mean, the cat, yeah, it was crazy. But here's the thing, that cat, was amazing. That cat was athletic. That cat was on point. Honestly, I want to be that cat. That cat is a whole different type of athlete. It's amazing. I, I just, you know, I, I'd like to see where this case goes. I'm sure, I hope it gets thrown out of court. I hope this guy gets some sort of a fine, whatever it may be. But, you know, I hate to see a guy like Bobby Wagner or any NFL player, any player who's basically trying to protect 
the interest of, of the of the fans, the league, uh, people that's going up. Because again, you have no idea what this guy may have had on his on his person. Gun, knife, well, that's 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 a more of a reason for Bobby Wagner to stay out of it. I'm sure at well, that moment, be, like frustration yeah. just boiled over on him. But that's more of a reason. Like if I was in Wagner's shoes, I would have been like, "Look, man, I don't know what his his problem is. I don't know what this guy's problem is. He seems harmless enough. I'm not even going to try to help. I'm going to leave it to the professionals who are the safety guy, the security guys who are paid to take out guys like this." No, I, I I don't know if they can't take him out, but I guess well, they, right, they, they they can take him out pretty easy. They, I've seen them take out everyone before. Well, I, I, the guys, the guys in the yellow jackets are undefeated out there. <laughs> You're right. You're right about that. All right, with Bucky Brooks, I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Now, the wait can't end soon enough for this team. That's next, but first to Nick Cope with all the sports. If I could chime in, I mean, don't you lose kind of all expectation of not being hit when you run onto a football field, whether it by be by a security guard or a player? Security guard, yes. Player, no. Like, there's yeah. it, it. But maybe you're running, you lose the expectation. But, but in, in there's a, world a football of logic. game being played in front of you. It, it, <laughs> maybe in the world of logic and the world of legal matters. We we have we have we have lawyers. We got we got issues if this goes anywhere uh, legitimately. That Bobby Wagner has the deal for this for any amount of time, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I don't think it's going to affect anyone here. We know no. now that Chris will not do that. Tim <laughs> might do it, but that's well, good. I don't think it's going to happen to any one of us here. I, Listen, I'm, 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 I'm saying I can be bought. Done. I'm just saying you're lowballing me right now. <laughs> well, that's the way I am, you know. Short, short arms, long pockets. I'm not taking that. I've never heard. Anymore. I've never heard that for, turn of phrase before. Short arms, long. Oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah, thank you. There you go. <laughs> I like that one for what it's worth. Yeah. All right. All right. We've got NFL Sunday, so who's in, who's out? I'm going to go through this as quick as I can for you guys. A lot of names. We want to get everyone updated. According to reports, the following players are expected to go today. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, Saints running back Alvin Kamara, Dolphins receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, Bears running back David Montgomery, for the Cowboys receiver CeeDee Lamb and running back Tony Pollard, for the Bengals receiver T. Higgins and tight end Hayden Hurst, Cardinals receiver Rondale Moore, Bucks receiver Russell Gage, Lions receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, Jaguars receiver Zay Jones, Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson is expected to play about 20 snaps, and the Ravens are expected to have all pro left tackle Ronnie Staley make his season debut. Again, all those players expected to play today. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones not expected to play today. That means rookie Bailey Zappi is set to make his first career start. Bucks receiver Julio Jones, commander's tight end Logan Thomas are game-time decisions. NFL media reports Odell Beckham Jr. is targeting mid-November for his return to the field coming off that ACL tear in the Super Bowl. <coughs> ESPN reports Steelers linebacker TJ Watt had arthroscopic knee surgery that will delay his return to the field enough Another two weeks likely take that timetable into November. Watt has been out since week one with a pectoral injury. 
In baseball, the Mets bounce back, took care of the Padres 7-3. They force a decisive Game 3 tonight. Phillies shut out the Cardinals 2-0. They advance to the NLDS to face the Braves. Mariners came back from down seven runs to eliminate the Blue Jays 10-9. They will now face the Astros. And the Guardians walked off the Rays 1-0 in 15 innings. They are set to take on the Yankees. Finally, in college football, the top 10 teams all won on Saturday. Most of them drama-free, except for number one Alabama, the Crimson Tide, without their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Bryce Young. And the Aggies had one play to win it from the two-yard line, but they came up short, so Bama survives 24-20. to Andy Bucky, back to you guys. Thank you so much, Cena. Now, Nick, there we go. Okay, this Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This guy gets a bum rap. We'll tell you that in just about a minute. About 34 minutes past the hour, we got Bucky remembers in about seven, eight minutes from now, and he is Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman, and of course, we're from the TireRack.com studios. There we go. All right. So I, I wanted to ask Bucky this question about the protest who was flattened by Rand's Bobby Wagner. He files a police report. What do you do? What do you do in a situation like that? Guy comes running on the on the field. Uh, what would you do, Buck? He's, he, assumes the, he assumes the risks. If you decide to run into a football field of a football game, then you assume the risks of playing a football player. So you play in the role of a football player so you get tackled. He's not supposed to be on the field. They have security on there. So when he runs onto the field, he's at risk. So he can file a police report and those things, but no one asked him to run onto the field. And so right. when you run onto the field with guys who have pads and helmets and all that other stuff on, then you have to deal with the consequences. And so I don't think his uh, stuff has a, a, a leg to stand on. And you. so he should be, he should really be grateful that he's not arrested in the clink. I mean, I'm with you. I feel this, I make a comparison. Maybe it's a stretch that running on a football field with with a weapon, whatever it may be, a firecrack or whatever it was, is very similar to running on on, a, on an expressway. The cars coming at you, you you take a risk. You may get hit by a truck or a car. That's basically what happened. You're going to get hit by a football player. That's his domain. That's his office. And he got hit. Boom. Away we go. Okay. Uh, that football game is going to start in about three hours from now. That's in London again. Giants Packers. And we could talk all we want about you know who's going to win how they're going to win, whatever it may be. But I'm going to talk about the losers because I think to some extent I represent the fan. I'm a fan. I'm a schmuck. I'm a guy. I'm a paying customer. I love the game. But the big losers here are the fans of Green Bay. Why? They lose a home game. And I think it's wrong. I really do. And now this past week, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, goes out and says, yeah, we're going to expand. We're going to London. We're going to Europe. We we don't know where we're going. We're going to have at least two teams in, in London, okay? Lose a home game. Okay, and, and according to published reports, the city of Green Bay loses $15 million economically every home game that's played in Green Bay. So the question is, it's not fair, obviously, if you're a season ticket holder, but more than that, who in the hell is Roger Goodell going to point out? Does he stick his hand in a barrel and say, okay, uh, Jacksonville, you're going. Uh, New York, you're going to London. I don't think it's going to be done that way. How are they going to do it? You're on the inside, Bucky. How are they going to pick which teams are going to go to London? Well, I think all the teams, all the ownership groups have made an agreement to participate in an international series. The reason why they're doing these international games is because it's lucrative for the National Football League. It raises the exposure of the game to others across, you know, overseas. You begin, like, those, those games sell out, man, within an hour when they put those tickets up. And so ownership understands the bottom line. They know how much money they're making off those things. And so the $15 million that the Green Bay Packers might be losing uh, for losing, giving up a home date, it pales in comparison to the money that they're making at the end. Uh, 
And so these teams will have to figure it out. It's, it's inconvenient for the players and coaches. It sucks for the fans because you don't get to see your team in your home venue. But nice. look, the greater good, it expands the game. It leads to more money, more revenue. We've seen a few different things that they've done when they were streaming games on Yahoo or doing these other services. It gives the league another opportunity to cash in on, look, America's favorite sport football right. and so as long as they can cash in and do it they're going to continue to expand it and push the envelope to see how much money they can make and it'll be very interesting to see which teams get the nod to go to london i gotta th- believe a team like jacksonville which draws flies there's a possibility they're gonna go other than that i mean they'll look at the attendance figures i guess in various cities around the league and the teams that are not drawing those are the ones that may be on the on the drawing board and you're gonna lose a team if you're a fan of that team in that city so that's the way it goes i guess right yeah, I mean, that is always going to be the way that it goes. Like, I mean, you have to look and see where can you make the money? How can you make the most money? Who can you uh, supplement their their money? I mean, it all goes to like one pot and then they split it up amongst the owners. But, yeah, you want to explore that. Jacksonville has always been mentioned as a possibility just because the owner, Khan has business interests overseas, owns a a soccer team, Fulham is a soccer team. Uh, <laughs> there have been conversations about him trying to get bits and pieces of Wembley Stadium. So, yeah, Jacksonville looks like it has a base already there because they played a handful of games in London. But I don't think they would ever go full-time to playing overseas. But it's intriguing because there's money to be made over there. Having been over there, having worked over at uh, Sky Sports in the U.K., doing football games, doing the NFL, man, there's a rabid fan base that wants to support the National Football League, there's a reason why the NFL keeps going. They see it. They want to cash in on those dollars. All right. Two teams that probably won't go to London will be Pittsburgh and Buffalo, two Rabbits fan fan bases, and they're pretty strong. And today the Steelers are in Buffalo. And the question on this game would be like, why all of a sudden Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season, coaching the Steelers, one and three is his record right now. Why would he put Kenny Pickett in this position right now against Buffalo on the road? That I don't get. Better quarterback. He's a better quarterback in the preseason. He's a better quarterback once they drafted him. He's the best quarterback. And so best players have to play. And he could do it for a little while, but he ran the risk of losing the locker room if he didn't put Kenny Pickett in. Kenny Pickett in not only gives this team uh, a spark because of his personality and leadership skills and those things, but his, his playing style works for what they want to get done in Pittsburgh. So, look, it's not ideal that he's going to go against a very good defense in the Buffalo Bills, a team that is a title contender and those things. But he is the best player at the most important position for the Steelers. They had to put him in. And I believe they waited too long. They should have put him in at the end of the preseason because he outplayed everybody. Really? All right. I, I, yes. I like that opinion. It's a pretty strong opinion on your end right there. But I just think that throwing a guy like that to the wolves on the road is pretty rough against a team like Buffalo. But Bills are going to be without defensive end T.J. Watt again, which is a pretty tall order. And I could see Pittsburgh losing this game by maybe even two touchdowns. I mean, it's tough. I, I don't think they could put up with what Buffalo has to give to them, both offensively and defensively. Uh, maybe not, but I think you got to play the game. And I think each and every week we see upsets. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a prideful organization, and you just don't know the impact that putting Kenny Pickett in will have on the rest of the team. Now that you have the rookie in at quarterback, you step into the defense meeting room and you tell the defense, hey, guys, it may be tough for us because we got a young guy playing. He may make some mistakes. We may have to be very, very conservative in our approach, so you guys are going to have to do more. 
And that's part of the complimentary football formula. You are going to have to do more for us to win. And so that's just the way it is. Uh, we've seen it with the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Everyone is talking about Cooper Rush and what he's been able to do. No. He's been okay. He hasn't turned the ball over. But what happened? The defense raised this level of play. The coaching staff changed the way that they managed the game in terms of, hey, we're not going to be as aggressive offensively because we need a defense to be always in a good position. Those things happen. And so for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the coaching staff has to have a similar thing. How are we going to play the game on offense, defense, and special teams to make up for what we have in quarterback, which is a young guy trying to figure it out? You change in all of those areas, knowing that you have a rookie quarterback in the, in the fall. Well said. Bucky Brooks, Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And now it's story time with one of the best in the business. Bucky Brooks, Bucky Remembers, is next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Bucky remembers coming right up about 11 minutes now before the top of the hour. That's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman, and you're listening live from the TireRack.com studios, and uh, we're going to get right into it because it is time right now for Bucky Remembers with Bucky Brooks. Here we go. It's time for one of our own to remember the good old days. Hey, stop! This is why we're doing the f- drill! <laughs> 
From the locker room to the gridiron, this man has seen it all. Wow. If you want to crown him. Your favorite NFL veteran, Bucky Brooks, crown gives us the good, the bad, and the ugly from his playing days in the NFL. And now, Bucky remembers. All right, here we go. Lay back and relax, okay? In the fourth quarter, Buck, of the Seahawks-Lions game last week, receiver DK Metcalf, he left the game. We thought he was injured, but he left to relieve himself. Has that ever happened to you or a teammate during a ball game? Uh, it has happened. It hasn't happened to me where I've had to relieve myself in the middle of the game. <laughs> However, I have been in huddles where guys may have relieved themselves in the huddle. Now, how, how does that happen? Where... Uh, all of a sudden, you see yellow streaks in pants, and oh they're not stripes. Goodness. Yikes. That's well. that's what happens. Normally, it's the bigger types. It's the offensive line type that have a tendency to do that. But, yeah, I have been oh, no. in games, in the huddle, where guys decided that they had to take a little tinkle. Yeah, I guess it's easier to do it that way than to start getting the uniform off and get it off the field and go back in the locker room, right? Just let it go. Just let it fly, right? I, I, I guess I wouldn't say that I would be one. Who, who, who does that? I don't believe in uh, wearing a, a, a diaper up under my uniform <laughs> pants. But there have been guys who have done that. There have also been guys who have gone behind the bench and have had people hold towels while they relieve themselves, maybe in a Gatorade cup or two. I mean, but that's what it is. Because it's yeah. a long way up the tunnel to the locker room to do your, your business when you need it and you're a valuable asset. Yeah, I mean, okay. nice, nice drop. Nice there drop. Um, yeah, yes. but but there, there are guys that have certainly done that. And I know I'm not alone in, in being in a hall scene and witnessing people doing those things. Okay. We talk about relieving yourself. What about fortifying yourself? Talk about some pregame meals. How do pregame meals differ, if at all, from team to team? Oh, I mean, like everybody has uh, a dietitian who kind of sets the menu for what is going to be served at the hotel during your pregame meal. Some guys like to eat a pregame meal. Other guys do not um, like to eat. It's always advisable to eat because it's a long game. You wear down and do those things. Yeah, but team to team, it differs. It all differs uh, depending on the philosophy of the dietitian and what they want to have on the menu. But for everybody they try and kind of mix it up so you get like your carbs and your proteins and those things but yeah the, the menu is different everywhere but you try and cover the same things all right uh i know uh sam weiss was coaching the cincinnati Bengals. may he rest in peace he made it a point to go public and say he didn't want his players fraternizing or dating the cheerleaders what are the rules about players with cheerleaders and cheerleaders come on strong and maybe even groupies when you go to visiting cities how does that work let's hear it it differs team to team it it differs team to team there's some teams where it's absolutely banned that you cannot fraternize with anybody in the organization and now I'm sure it's even tighter because with the workplace rules um, and those things like you can't uh, participate in those things or as they say you can't dip your pen in company ink you can't do that anymore and so what you try and do is you try and make sure there are boundaries and lines set up between the players and any of the personnel that's working in the building Uh, some teams back in the day look it wasn't necessarily encouraged but it wasn't uh, banned and so we've seen these relationships where you've seen players and cheerleaders link up and marry and do those things so it would really change according to team but now with all the workplace stipulations and violations that stuff certainly isn't encouraged okay we have a twitter question out there for bucky brooks what was your pre-game pump-up song 
Ooh, pregame pump up. It always changes. Like uh, mid '90s, I'm sure it was uh, some Tupac, uh, maybe a little mix of DMX. Rest in peace. It, it, it just depends. It all varies. Like even now before uh, games, like either watching games or participating in games as a coach, there's always some kind of music that is playing. I think it's so embedded in the culture of being a player that music is a big part of it. I just remember uh, always having to have the Walkman and the headphones in because it does something to kind of get you in the mood. Interesting. All right, Bucky Brooks. You could get him at Bucky Brooks. We'll take the questions for next week. But it's getting a little crowded out west. And Bucky Brooks tell you why on Fox Football Sunday next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Who tops the list? Well, we'll have that for you in just about a minute. Welcome, everybody. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And away we go. Here's the man himself, five-time NFLer, my partner, Mr. Bucky Brooks. Buck, are you ready? Are you ready? I am always ready. I am ready. I'm ready for Friday. Was Friday's the day that Bucky Brooks posts his story on NFL.com. It's great reading. If you're an NFL fan, he's got the insight. He pulls back the onion. He really does. He peels it pretty good. And you talked this week about the tightness out west. NFL, NFC, West Division, Arizona, the Rams, the 49ers, Seattle. They're all bunched together. And I like to go down that and kind of like highlight what you wrote, if I may, with you. And like, let's get it done because it was really interesting reading. You talk about the Arizona Cardinals, say the glass have full with Kyla Murray and uh, and what's going on with that offense probably somewhat uneven right now uh, although they've come on strong of late they're scoring a lot of points tell me your thoughts about this Arizona team uh, playing obviously without their receiver DeAndre Hopkins who's serving a six-game suspension how tough is that for Murray and the Cardinals right now I mean, I think, I think it's real tough because DeAndre Hopkins is the number one receiver and when you look at their offensive lineup they miss having his presence. He could anchor the passing game as the lead receiver. Marquise Hollywood Brown is a really good player. He's been a Pro Bowl player, but I don't know if he's necessarily your prototypical number one receiver in terms of how he commands attention, in terms of how he's able to move the chains consistently against all coverage. When they get DeAndre Hopkins back, what it does, is it changes how the defense has to defend the Cardinals offense. With James Conner in the backfield, you have to make a decision. Do I want to go crush the run? I don't want to deal with the passing game and make sure that I don't leave my corners one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins. That creates opportunities not only for others on the field in the passing game, but it creates opportunities for James Conner in the run game to get going. So, yes, you'd be a huge boost to their offensive production and to their confidence when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Are they a playoff team? Uh, I think they're a fringe playoff team. I think they can get in, but a lot of it depends on Kyler Murray being able to do everything on his own. Uh, He has the talent. He has the capability. He understands the challenge that's ahead of him. Normally, when he gets challenged, he he responds. So I, I expect him to be able to do it. I think this is a playoff team. 
All right, here we go. Let's go to the Rams now. Super Bowl champs certainly not looking like defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, how deep can they go right now? Uh, people criticizing Matthew Stafford. I, I guess he's free of that uh, social media hit about his shoulder situation, his elbow. Uh, but again, I mean, if you look at Matthew Stafford and, and basically look at his career, he's always been somewhat reckless throwing the football with interceptions. Did it in Detroit? Did it last year and in L.A. as well? Yeah, there's a few different things that are going on with the Rams that are Matthew Stafford related. Can't deny that Matthew Stafford helped his team get over the hump. Uh, Won a Super Bowl last year, made plays, made plays in the postseason that you're like, okay, Matthew Stafford was a great addition for them. The problem with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay is these guys flourish with different systems. Matthew Stafford is a traditional quarterback who is at his best in a spread and shred system, meaning he's in a shotgun, you have uh, empty or two-by-two in these wide formations, you give him the opportunity to work the side, catch, rip, and throw, and you kind of get out the way. What you have in the Rams is Sean McVay is a guy from the Shanahan system where the system creates the opportunities in the big plays. It is about run first, play action second. The play actions are deep shots. Uh, when it was working at his best, Ty Gurley in the backfield, big-time running back commanding attention, you then were able to play action by faking the ball in the belly and then throw it downfield. Matthew Stafford prefers to operate out the shotgun. The shotgun play action fakes, not as deceptive because it doesn't have the same aggression up front uh, that you would get if you were under center. And so that won't necessarily uh, work for them. And so for Matthew Stafford and for Sean McVay, they got to figure out the happy medium because this team can't continue to throw the ball all over the yard like they're throwing to because they're only throwing it to Cooper Cup. They have to find a way to balance out their offense to make people defend more than just a pass game, particularly Cooper Cup. Make, make them utilize the entire field. Make them defend every blade of grass, inline to inline, sideline to sideline. And it's hard to do that with Stafford because he only can play and excel in one way. It's hard to believe you got that Stafford to Cup connection. This Rams team, as we speak, is 29th in scoring, 28th in total offense. Hard to believe they won the Super Bowl, and they wouldn't have won it with those stats last year. No, they wouldn't have won it last year. And I think what happens is, and we're seeing this around the league, notice how many teams are kind of beginning to return to the running game. with Because uh, everything is cyclical in a national football league. Everyone is running two high safeties. They're parking the safeties in the parking lot. And they're saying, there are no deep balls available to you today. Can you be patient and disciplined enough to drive the ball to the length of the field? One of the reasons the running game opens up everything is because it forces you sometimes to have to drop that safety in the box as an additional run camp defender. When you do that, you now have one-on-one on the outside. Big play opportunities begin to pop. That's how it all works together. And so it's about putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, trying to operate the organization efficiently. All right, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers because – you say with Jimmy Garoppolo that increases their status as title contenders and kind of raised my eyebrows here when you said that you view San Francisco as the front runner to win the NFC West. Tell me why. I believe when you look at old school football and look at the way football has traditionally been won in the National Football League, the 49ers check off all the boxes. One, defensive line play is important. They can generate a pass rush by using only four. They can dominate the game in the trenches. D'Amico Ryan's defense coordinator has done a great job expanding upon the package that he inherited from Robert Sala. So defense gives them an opportunity to go. Secondly, running game. 
their running game is one that they consistently chew up yards. They can play old school smash mouth football that allows them to dictate the terms. It allows them to control the clock, shorten the game, and it puts you in a bind because if they're scoring and they're taking up all the clock, then what you have to do when you get the ball back, I now have to throw to chase points. I'm chasing points against one of the best pass rushes in football. And then finally, Jim Garoppolo. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a high-end player, but he is a high-end player for them. His teammates believe in him. They believe that this is a guy that can get them to the promised land. And now that he's back, more energy, practices have changed, all those things, because they feel like number 10 is their leader. And as long as he is there, I can't dispute the winning record when he's there. He wins over 70% of his games as the starter. And so – it's one of those things where you have to roll with him. When he's in there, he's going to make some mistakes. But this team wins under him. And so that's why I believe they're a team that can make a deep run because the talent, the belief, the schematics, they all match up. This might be, to me, this is the team to beat in the West. Bucky, you talk about the, the, uh, the belief that players have. You know, there's obviously a question. It would have been a question if Trey Lance didn't break his ankle playing quarterback because he hadn't really played at all. He played a, maybe a couple of snaps last year, what, four or five games, whatever it may have been. But you get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who's been there for over the last three seasons. He's taken them to a Super Bowl, to an NFC title game. Is there more confidence in a player knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field as to a question like Trey Lance, like, what is this guy going to do? Can he help us? Can he lead us to the promised land? So it, that confidence level raises when a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. Is that it? Uh, there's something to that. Like what happens is um, these guys know. And so when you've been to battle, you've worked with people, there's a level of trust that you develop. Like you trust that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make a play to get it done, regardless of whether it's making a play with him physically throwing the ball or making the right check to get us in the right running play. So then we can have a big play from Debo Samuel, one of the collection of running backs that they utilize. It's a confidence in knowing that when this guy's in the huddle, we win. That's something that we can't really quantify. They win when Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. And so it works for them. It's worked for them. And it is going to inspire them to play at another level because he's their guy. Whether we're on the outside like it or dig it, whether the Cal Shanahan really likes everything that he that he brings, it's undeniable that this team plays well when Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. Okay, speaking of quarterbacks, tell me the truth. Now put your hand on your heart that if someone would have told you that Geno Smith would have the NFL best completion percentage right now, almost 78%, and his passer rating is 108, uh, you would have said, no way, no way on God's green earth. Geno Smith is playing out of his mind. And again, I heard you say it earlier today, but you got to credit Coach Pete Carroll in Seattle for believing in Geno Smith as a starting quarterback. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't have said that he was playing out of control that he would play at a level where he is leading the league in completion percentage. But what I will say is this system has been one, meaning the Shanahan system or any variation of it, that has taken average players and made them pro bowlers. See Kirk Cousins. It has taken pro bowl caliber players and made them uh, MVP candidates. Like, look at what Aaron Rodgers has done the last couple of years where you have an already talented guy. The system just is so uh, – easy when it comes to creating big play opportunities and those things. So for Geno Smith, Geno Smith paints inside the lines. He's doing it exactly the way the coaches want it done. Because of that, he's seeing success. And so how long can he sustain it? I don't know. 
because the system is tough. As long as they can run the football and the two weapons they have on the outside of the locket and DK Metcalf are healthy and available, Geno Smith is going to play at a very, very solid level. And it's one of the reasons why Pete Carroll was emboldened to make the move when it came to Russell. He believed, like a lot of us around the league or a lot of people around the league, the system will help the player play at a higher level if the player buys into the system. And that's what you're seeing in Seattle, which is why Geno Smith is playing. And let's stick with Russell for a second, because no one's crying in Seattle like, you know, we miss him. Obviously, the way he's playing right now in Denver, you didn't want him back. But I, I think it was just more than his skill set that they were happy to see him go. There was a lot of tension in that locker room between Russell and the players. And I think he kind of big league these guys. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you know better than I. But mm-hmm. I think that it was very difficult for him to get along with these guys. A lot of people say he's somewhat of a phony. Uh, Look, his personality is his personality. I think the one thing that you have to do when you're the starting quarterback or anybody who's in leadership, you have to be authentic. So who you are is who you are. And people can respect it as long as it's consistent. Every day you show up and you're the same guy. The problem that leaders run into, quarterbacks, head coaches, coordinators, is when you're one way one day and a different way the next day. You have to be consistent in how you go about your business, how you interact with people, how you lead, how you handle the ups and downs of the game. If you're consistent, people will buy in. It's the inconsistencies that make people look at you sideways. What I will say is this. Um, in Seattle, yeah, there were people that didn't dig Russell Wilson and the way that he was kind of put on the pedestal as the guy that kind of made them the team that they were and, the, the, you know, like when they had that Super Bowl era, they felt like the LOB, the defense should have been the calling card and the right. identity of their team with Marshawn Lynch as like the, the, the co-marquee name on the thing in terms of getting top billing. But when they shifted and they made it more quarterback centric, where Russell was celebrated as the star of the team, as opposed to the other things, it, it went against everything that Pete Carroll had built the team on. The team was built on the team premise where his defense, running game, uh, opportunistic quarterback plays and those things. Then you became about the diva quarterback. And when you have the diva quarterback, man, it's hard to get everybody on board because it's 21 and one. 21 position players and the one quarterback that we in the media love to celebrate. That can create a divide in the locker room if the quarterback doesn't handle those responsibilities the right way. All right, now now it's time to put Bucky Brooks on the spot because last week we did the power ratings and last week's one, two, and three were Philadelphia, the Eagles number one, Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. two, and the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills three. What do you got mm-hmm. going this week for one, two, and three? Uh, let's see, one, two, and three. I still got the Philadelphia Eagles number one. Yeah, uh, I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. And then Good I go call. to Buffalo Bills right after that. Good call. There you go. Where, where would you put, like, the Dolphins now? Where do they fall from two to where? <sighs> well, now when you realistically look at how they've been winning games, they stole a game in Baltimore uh, against the Ravens. So we give them their credit. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Tua Tungvaluwa, even though I don't think there'd be a tremendous drop-off with Teddy Bridgewater. I would say that they're within the top ten, maybe right. around six, six or seven. There you go. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think the national people have them at four, so that's not bad. All right. What about the Packers? And Packers are coming on a little bit, but I think it's mm. more of the running game is really making the Packers alive this year, more so than Aaron Rodgers' play. But I like this version of the Packers better than the previous version. 
as much as I respect Aaron Rodgers as a four-time MVP, the way the Packers are playing now is more conducive to them having success in the postseason. By running the football and playing great defense, they are a team that can be weatherproof in the postseason. When you think about having those home games in Green Bay, and I know over the last 30 years they've been able to do it with great quarterbacks, but everyone always contended. I don't understand how you can have two Hall of Famers, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and only have two Super Bowl wins between them over the last 30 years. Well, let's go back and look at the history of the organization. When Vince Lombardi and the Packers dominated in cold weather, running game, defense, when it's cold, it's, it's hard to catch the ball. There's a level of physicality that comes along with the running game. It plays in your favor if you have an old-school style in those conditions. The Packers running the football, playing great defense, to me, sets them up if they do have home field advantage. It gives them an opportunity to play that old-school Lombardi style of football, which led to a lot of titles, a lot of world championships there in that building. So I like it. I like them going back to old school football as opposed to leaning on Aaron Rodgers to do everything. He's Bucky Brooks. Get him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. Or next hour, we have Mike Harmon coming in. So get him on Twitter at Swollen Dome or at Andy Furman FSR. 877-99 on Fox. That's our phone number. That translates to 877-996-6369. we got bottom barrel betting in this hour. As mentioned, Mike Harmon, the Swollen Dome, and Bucky's best in hour number three. And by the way, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM this morning, three hours before kickoff. That's right. Tune in today at 10 a.m. Eastern as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMGM. Now, two close losses equals a win today. We'll tell you how next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Forgetting one quarterback. We'll tell you all about that in just about a minute. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman, and you're listening live from the Tyrac.com studios. And uh, interesting game today, Buck. Lions 1-3, the Patriots 1-3. Interesting that they're 1-3, the Patriots. But I-, I look at these stats, and it makes me crazy. I had no idea the Lions are putting up the NFL best 437 yards and 35 points a game and I thought this Detroit Lions team was built on defense not on offense and you got to credit Jared Goff who's having one hell of a year so far <clears throat> so here's what's funny right um everybody's never given Jerry Groff his full credit for being a two-time pro bowler and doing the stuff that he accomplished with the Rams and I think what you're seeing now is a greater appreciation for what Garrett, Jerry Goff is as a player, I'm not saying that he's the best, but I'm saying within the system, if you let him play to his strengths, where you have a running game, you're able to play action and push the ball down the field on easy concepts, he'll kill you. And what he's done is their offense has been creative and they've done it without, I would say, like high end playmakers on the outside. TJ Hawkinson has played well, but like when you really think about their wide receiver core, Amara St. Brown is solid, uh, but he's been in and out of the lineup. Right. Same they don't have the anyone that strikes yeah. you as someone, anyone that strikes you in terms of like the fear. So it's a combination of the system, the management, just the confidence that they have um, in just executing the things and him doing exactly what he's asked to do. And so people kind of bristle when Dan Campbell suggested that you don't have to have an elite quarterback to win games. I think what we're doing is we're seeing why he felt that way with the offense that they have. Now, their defense, if their defense would just play halfway decent, they will win games. But right now, offensively, they got to roll it. Yeah, they got to stop the run. And last week against Seattle, Rashad Perry, uh, the Seahawks, had 17 carries and 151 yards. And I think that Bill Belichick has seen that. And what he's going to try to do today is run against them, especially playing that rookie quarterback, Bailey Zappi. I mean, he's going to get his first start. So Patriots got to run the ball. But I got to believe that the Lions got a real good chance today to beat up on the Patriots. They have a chance. They have a chance now. All those things Who that do you we like? did, Who do you like? poetic on the Detroit Lions. And that um, I'll take the Lions in this one. Because they're the healthier team, and they're playing against a team with a backup quarterback. Now, New England will make it muddy because Belichick is a great tactician, but it's a rookie. It's Bailey Zappi. More film that you have on a rookie, the more things you can throw at him. And it's different kind of coming in uh, when no one knows exactly what you have and what you do well and that stuff. Well, now they've had a week to prepare for him. And so it should be a little more challenging uh, for him to, to, to deal with a defense that knows a little bit about his game. But I just think this offense, man, the offense and the special teams, Bill Belichick raved about the Lions special teams this week and how tough and how explosive they are in the kicking game and how physical they are up front on the offensive line. If the Detroit Lions play according to script, 
oh, yeah, they should be able to get a win today. They should be excited about playing the Patriots because this is a game that's a winnable game for them. Yeah, and speaking of the Lions, last week, Geno Smith put up tremendous numbers, three touchdowns, 369 yards, 23 for 30. And today, the Seahawks are at the Saints today. Seahawks are 2-2, two and two, Saints are 1-3. and three, And uh, Geno Smith going to keep on rolling the Saints Obviously, one of the worst teams in the NFL in penalties, one of the worst teams in turnovers, and three and outs. And if Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara even play, I still think Seattle's got a shot. Andy Dalton's a quarterback again. I don't think that's such a drop-off. He was... They should have won last week with the double doink. That was unbelievable, really. But I, I think that Seattle wins this game. I really do. No. Um, this is a tough one. It's a tough one because if Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas play, I believe the Saints are a better team offensively, right? They have the firepower to create problems. Alvin Kamara is a nightmare to deal with out of the backfield, particularly in the passing game. Michael Thomas is a number one. Uh, you have a veteran quarterback in Andy Dalton who I don't believe he's a, a, a great player, but he's good enough to run this offense. In Seattle, um, it's about the running game. And can they run the football on the Saints defense? Uh, typically, the Saints have been pretty solid against the run. But the things that you bring up are the things that I worry about when it comes to the Saints. Right now, they're undisciplined in their play. And you can see a lack of discipline in uh, their penalties and the turnovers. Just very careless with the ball. And before you can win at a high level in this league, you have to avoid doing the things that ultimately lose games. That's turnovers penalties, big plays allowed, and kicking game errors. And I don't know if the Saints can resolve those issues. They're the more talented team, so I'm going to say they will win, but it wouldn't surprise me to see, Seattle, to see the Seattle Seahawks walk away with a win. Here we go. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, coming up on the Tyrac.com studio hotline right here, if you want to call it that, are you impressed yet? We'll get to that in a minute, but first, for all the sports, here's Nick Cope. All right, guys, let's get you caught up on all the information as who's in, who's out on this NFL Sunday. According to reports, the following players are expected to go. Bucky was talking about Saints running back Alvin Kamara. He is expected to play today. So is Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, Dolphins receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, Bears running back David Montgomery, for the Cowboys receiver CeeDee Lamb and running back Tony Pollard, Bengals receiver T. Higgins and tight end Hayden Hurst for the Cardinals receiver Rondale Moore, Bucks receiver Russell Gage for the Lions, Amon Ron St. Brown, Jaguars receiver Zay Jones, Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson is expected to play, only about 20 snaps. And for the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, they are set to have All-Pro left tackle Ronnie Staley make his season debut. Again, all those players expected to play today. You mentioned Patriots quarterback Mac Jones not playing. It will be Bailey Zappi set to make his first career start today. And then game time decisions for Bucks receiver Julio Jones and Commanders tight end Logan Thomas. NFL media reports Odo Beckham Jr. is targeting mid-November for his return to the field coming off that ACL tear in the Super Bowl. ESPN says Steelers linebacker TJ Watt had arthroscopic knee surgery that will delay his return to the field another one to two weeks, push that timetable back into November. Watt has been out since week one with a pectoral injury. In college football, number one Alabama had a scare against Texas A&M. The Aggies actually had a chance to win the game on the last play at the two-yard line, but the pass was incomplete, short of the end zone. Alabama survives without Bryce Young. 
24-20. Number 8 Tennessee handed Brian Kelly his worst home loss ever as a head coach as the Vols dominate LSU and Baton Rouge 40-30. Number 18 UCLA moved to 6-0 with a 42-32 win against number 11 Utah. And then South Carolina upset number 13 Kentucky 24-14. Rest of the top 10, pretty drama-free. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, all big winners. And then in baseball, the Mets bounced back, took care of the Padres 7-3, forced a decisive game three tonight in New York. The rest of the division series are set. You've got the Phillies against the Braves, Mariners going up against the Astros, and the Guardians set to play the Yankees. All right, Andy, Bucky, back to you guys. Thank you so much, Nick. See you in about an hour. But he's the X Factor. We'll tell you who in just about a minute. We've crossed the 50-yard line of what we call Fox Football Sunday. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. we got Von and Barrel Betting coming up in about eight, nine minutes from now. And uh, you're listening live from the TireRack.com studios. But we do have a game here. And I say, uh, are you impressed yet? we got the Dolphins 3-1. and one. I'm looking at the Jets 2-2. Two and two, And they maybe do something today that they haven't done in about two years. And that's win back-to-back ball games. And... Uh, I don't know if they can beat the Dolphins. We'll see there. But I will tell you this much. I think that people look at games, they look at teams, they kind of match up quarterbacks. What I do, and tell me if I'm way off base on this, Bucky, wins count. It's who you beat that counts more than anything else, I believe. The Jets beat the Browns, and they were lucky to do so, and they beat the Steelers. Those two teams right now are going nowhere. The Dolphins, however, beat the Patriots, the Ravens, and Buffalo. I think that means a lot more when you're looking at two teams going head-to-head. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a week-to-week league. You never know which team is going to show up. I think ultimately it's hard to win games in this league. And uh, a lot will be made about who the Dolphins were able to beat. Some will say that the Ravens gave them a game by falling apart in the fourth quarter. I'll say this. I believe the Jets have a lot of confidence coming into this one because their young quarterback, Zach Wilson, played pretty well when they needed him to play well down the stretch. And so we'll see if he can do it against the Dolphins' defense that can come after you. Now, they've had some injuries in the back end, which impacts their secondary play. And their secondary play, to me, was always the best part of their, their defense. So if they, those guys are, are out, like Xavier Howard was battling with a hamstring and some, some other stuff, like if he's out within it, it creates opportunities for Zach Wilson to get loose in the passing game. Um, I think this is a tough game. I think it's a tough game for the Dolphins just because I love Teddy Bridgewater. But there's a difference between having Teddy Bridgewater to a tongue about Lord. And it, I'm going to go with the Jets in this. And I don't really have a basis for it, but I'm going to go with the Jets. And you talk about the Jets. I mean, I said the X factor in this game is going to be their running back, Brees Hall. He's got to run crazy today. He's got to run, run with the football. Last week, what, 17 carries for only 66 yards. He's got to get that ball maybe 25 times today. And I think that will put the Jets over the win column. I think that'll get it done. Brees Hall is the man. Brees Hall needs to have more carries. They they, they have Michael Carter, but they have to make sure that Brees Hall gets it done because Brees Hall has all the characteristics that you look for in a number one running back. They just need to give him an opportunity to not only come in and touch it, but they let let him just kind of give him a heavy workload and see how he handles it. All right. Now, we got uh, Tom Brady, and the story there is more so with him off the football field than his marriage, or marriage that's breaking up. But they're hosting the Falcons, both teams 2-2 two and two right now. And uh, wide receiver Mike Evans for the Bucks, he's got to be the key, along with their defense. Brady not practicing on Wednesdays. You know, how would that affect team morale? I mean, if the team wins, they don't care. 
the team's kind of floundering and floundering and uh, they're having problems and they're losing. They're going to point fingers at Tom Brady. How come he's not part of us? I got to believe that. Is that a major problem, do you think? No, it's not a major problem because membership has its privileges. When you're a seven-time Super Bowl winner and people have seen you do it in the clutch, your teammates understand that the rules might be a little different for you than they are for everybody else. Now, it won't be an issue. And even if he was there, a lot of times at this point of the year, you give vets mandatory days off. Hey, man, I just need you to come and do the heavy lifting because Thursday is a big day. Friday is the red zone day. I need you to come in and make sure you're ready to go on Thursday and Friday because that's when we put in the real meat and potatoes of the game plan. Uh, Wednesday practice is first and second down. The basic stuff is kind of like your day one install plays. Not as big of a deal if he's out. So, now nah, he can go take care of whatever he needs to take care of away from the field. And when he's here, we celebrate. That's what I would think about if I'm Todd Bowles. Okay, now if you look at my crazy system of as to who they played, who they won, who they beaten, the Buccaneers beat Dallas. Decent. I mean, not bad. Uh, New Orleans, not good at all, really. But they're two losses to two real good teams, although that Green Bay game could have gone either way. They lost 14-12, and they got shellacked, really. They gave up 41 big ones against Kansas City. So two and two, but really there's some questions over there with Tampa Bay and certainly their offense. And look at the Falcons. They lose to New Orleans and the Rams. Uh, the Rams, you would think they would lose to. They beat Seattle, kind of a mediocre deal. And they beat Cleveland, mm-hmm. which right now they're going nowhere. So I think just by looking at the wins and who they beat, both these teams, you got to believe Tampa Bay's got the advantage right now. And I think they're a better team than Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a better team, uh, particularly when it comes to defense. Uh, that gives them a chance. But last week, man, they were a little soft against the run. And so some of it depends on if it keeps Hakeem Hicks is available to, to, to play and dominate on the inside. He and Villavea shut it all down when you try and run it down. So that, that would really be a big uh, deciding factor in this game, how they handle uh, the trench work, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, those things. I think um, not the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right. so for the Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson being out, changes the running game because the 31-year-old running back was playing like a monster. Uh, they have other runners, but it's a little different, man. There was something about what CP was doing for this team. Arthur Smith have a good game plan. He'll do it, but I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And have you noticed anything in the play of Tom Brady? Have, have you looked at film of him from a year ago till now? Can you say that he's lost something? Is he slower? Is he not getting rid of the ball as quickly? I mean, what, what have you noticed differently, if at all, in Tom Brady this year as opposed to last year? Uh, I mean, I think it, it, it goes without saying. It's hard to have like a messy off-field situation and still thrive on the field. I'll say that he's been in and out of the lineup. He uh, had to take like a little sabbatical in the middle of training camp. And so the chemistry and the connectivity with him and some of his teammates, a little off. So they're trying to work through that, get the extra reps in um, to do it. But it's, it's tough. I think when you're 45 years old, it's hard because you don't want to get hit. Because when you get hit at, at that age, it hurts a lot more. And so that has impacted his game in terms of his, I won't say his courage, but in terms of his poise within the pocket, too soon when it cracks, man, he's just like, hey, I'm taking the, I'm going to go down. I'm not going to worry about trying to stand up here and be a tough guy. I, I get it, but it certainly has impacted his play. And part of that is because he's older. Let, let me stay on that topic for a second, because I don't think it gets enough notoriety as as it should. I think people just 
blow it off and let it roll off their tongue. He's 45. 45 years of age. What was your age when you left the National Football League? How old were you? 28. 28. Okay. <laughs> 20, I, I mean, was 28. So, does it you blow your mind this, uh, that he's 45 and playing right now? Andy, it does blow my mind. And it blows my mind because, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I coach high school football. And I'm going to tell you, Andy, I try to stay so far away from those guys when they're playing because I don't want to get hit. So I can't <laughs> imagine being 45 years old and willingly signing up for duty where you have 300 pounders running after you all the time to do it. I appreciate his love for the game. But what he has done at 45, he's changed the way that we look at these other aging quarterbacks. So now we're mad at Matt Ryan. We're mad at uh, Russell Wilson. We're mad at Ryan Tannehill. We're mad at all these guys. They're mid-30s quarterbacks. It's hard when you're a 30-something quarterback in this league. Even Aaron Rodgers is 37. He's playing okay, and we, we, we put a lot of that on the wide, wide receivers. He's an older quarterback. When you're an older quarterback, you need more support, and you have to have a clear vision for who you are at this stage of his career, not who you used to be during your superstar high-end prime. Where am I at right now, and how do I need to play right now to give myself a chance to be very, very good at what I do? This is a toughie, and I don't even think there may not even be an answer to this question. What continues to push him to play at the age of 45 and play at a top level pace. For example, is it is it motivation? Is it training? Is it desire? Is it the willingness to or the love of the game? Is it pa- what is it that pushes him that makes him in a locker room where he could be the parent of some of these rookies right now? I mean, what is in his DNA that makes him at 45 competitive? <laughs> Uh, I just think it's the makeup. I think some of these guys, there are a handful of guys that walk the face of the earth that are ultra competitors who live for competition every day. He's one of those guys. And I think because of that, it drives him, it fuels him. And he's always going to have a hard time when the cheering stops because there's nothing that gives you the rush like playing the game. And he misses that. He misses the preparation. He misses the camaraderie. He misses all of that. And so that's why he wants to play. But your body, man, father time is undefeated. And he's defied the odds for a long time. But it eventually, it will catch up because father time is undefeated. There you go. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, coming up on the TireRack.com celebrity hotline right here is he played the game. He certainly did. He talks to me every Sunday. But can he really play this game? Bottom barrel betting is freaking next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Adam Barrel Benning coming right up right here on Fox Football Sunday about maybe 11 minutes before the top of the hour. And, of course, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Andy Furman. And uh, we got a game to play, so what are we waiting for? Let's play. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. bottom oh, no. I thought you was late. Barrel. You put my Barrel. money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Betting. Yes, it is a little sad news today to report. Our guy, our ringleader, Mr. Tab Eistrick, will be leaving us, Buck. He's leaving. This is his last show with us today. I hope it's mm. not us. I hope it's not a personal thing, but we wish you well. Godspeed to you, Tab. Uh, what's happening with you? Uh, is it us? Have we pushed you aside? No, What's it's the not deal? you guys. Uh, a local station picked me up, and I had to jump at the opportunity. But I'll say this about you, Mr. Andy you're the most fun I've ever had on the radio, oh, hands down. You know down. what? You got to get out more. You oh, really do. Oh, come on! No, 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 no. <laughs> well, Bucky, I got to ask you a question, okay? Sorry, what you got? Do you think Andy went back to back this week? No, no he way. went back to back. No, I'm asking you. Do you think he did? I don't think so. No, I've no. never done that. I don't know. Well, you know what? No. It happened. He went four and one. He is like the 1993 oh and 94 wow. Cowboys. What? Back to back, baby. Bucky, what's going on? You start. You started out this like a house on fire, Buck. This is great. Damn, I got my confidence up now. I'm beating an NFL guy. I'm beating an NFL guy. How's that, huh? Man, maybe I need to start concentrating. I don't want to tease him too much. He made that crazy on me. All right, here we go. All right, guys, the Giants are set to play the Green Bay Packers in London in a few hours. Will Saquon Barkley have more receiving touchdowns or rushing touchdowns today? More rushing. Come on. He's got bad hands. More rushing touchdowns. He has bad hands. He has bad hands. He has bad hands. You are fake news. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with receiving. I'm gonna go receiving really? touchdowns. I think he wow. sneaks out the backfield. Yeah, really? I think he gets. I think he gets a touchdown out the backfield. Yeah. 
I like that take. I like that take. I'll be ticked if that happens now. Honestly, you probably will now. <laughs> the Lions are heading to New England to play the Pats. Will Bailey Zappi throw over or under one and a half picks today? Uh, let's go under. Let's go under. I'm going to go over simply because I think the Patriot, Patriots will be playing from behind. So I'll have to throw more, which will cause more interceptions. Monday night. Uh, Ooh, wait, wait. What, what do you got, Buck? I'm, Andy, you know it's the Lions defense, right? I know, but still this guy is shaky. You know, because he's a rookie. Uh, I know. I, I, I got okay. you, but I think right. he, he's going right. to be throw, And they don't want him to throw. I know they don't want him. They want to run. Monday night, the Raiders are set to play the Chiefs. Will Josh Jacobs rush for over or under 73 yards? Well, that's a given over. He'll definitely go over. Are you kidding? Come on. He's having a good year. He is having a good year. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say, what's magic number, 70? 73. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that because I think Josh McDaniels knows he has to control the game. That means a lot of Josh Jacobs and of late. He's been feeding the pigs, the best players, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So, yes, he's over. You know why? I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're like a member of the Big 12. The Big 12 never plays defense. A lot of offense. That's what the Chiefs are. Put up a lot of points. All right, go ahead. I'm Next sorry. week, Arkansas is heading to Provo to play the Cougars of BYU. Will the Hogs score over or under 37 points against BYU? Oh, definitely under. Are you kidding? Arkansas is fading fast in football. Under. <laughs> Fading fast. Yeah. After the first week when they beat the Bearcats of Cincinnati, they've gone downhill. Yeah, 37 points is a lot of points, man. You just don't throw up 37 points. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under. All right. North Carolina's taking a little ride to Duke next Saturday in ACC battle. Will tears of joy or sor- sorrow fall from Bucky's cheeks when it's all said and done? Well, am I up? Yeah. Go oh, Tar Heels all the way. Bucky will be smiling. Oh, we absolutely win this. We own the victory bill. It's ours. Beautiful. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. And I tell you what, the Swollen Dome joins us coming up on Fox Football Sunday. Next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Greetings and welcome in. It's another beautiful Fox Football Sunday here. Fox Sports Radio, week five already of your National Football League season. Fantasy owners are sweating roster decisions. 90 minutes till kickoff. We'll see who could be a surprise inactive to screw with your lineup just like Alvin Kamara was a week ago. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks, five years in the league, NFL.com, NFL Network. Fox Sports analyst and our guy Andy Furman. You hear him here on Fox Sports Radio. He's a newspaper man. He ran a horse track. Oh, jeez. Hey, man, we got to give the full resume. Don't e- do that. No eclectic history and uh, dominance here on the airwaves of Fox Sports Radio. I got to say, gentlemen, it's it's a beautiful thing to be up and going and being at a position in my life where I don't know that I've ever hated the teams I cheer for more than I do right now. That has to be the Chicago Bears. Well, I got the Bears. Northwestern plays a team that fires their coach and then in a home game lose 42-7. to 
And then the White Sox gave me one of the worst seasons you'll ever see from a baseball team. Because they were never bad enough to be out of it. Never good enough to make you feel like they were in it. Uh, all season long, guys, playing five games above 500 or five games below 500 and everywhere in between. Uh, it was like catching passes from Ben Roethlisberger a year ago. Five yards behind the line of scrimmage, five yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and that's really all we're operating with. So salty, angry, uh, and ready for another great day of football. How are we all doing this morning? Great, great. And how, how's your teeth? Good, 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 good. I'm worried about you. How are your teeth doing? My teeth are better. You know, Good. still a little bit with the S's, you know, we're, but it's, we're getting better. We're learning how to uh, <laughs> enunciate, slow down. I think what it's done for me, guys, it's actually made me a more, um, I, I don't know, thoughtful, reflectful, uh, reflective uh, kind of person to where I'm slowing down because I'm thinking about what I'm saying so I don't line up a bunch of S's. And wh- what that does also, it makes the brain slow down. So now I sound like I'm reading off a teleprompter. I'm just kidding. No, we it's always going to be extemporaneous better. speaking, yes. uh, as you know. But it, it, it's more the the joke of, you know, you want to get it out, right? When you've got an opinion on something here in our sports talk radio world, the brain starts going. Sometimes uh, the mouth doesn't follow quite as quickly. Uh, but here, when you've got to think about, you know, pieces of plastic in your mouth. Uh, for those that missed it, yeah, fall five months ago, still on the long road to recovery, uh, partial replacement in many people have gone through this procedure I'll tell you the worst though is you, you get some food caught in there Ugh. and now you gotta you know go and excuse yourself to figure out how to jam that loose so a lot of have those a little, little corn picks, on, have, you have a little corn on the cob yeah no that's that's, that's <laughs> all i need we'll see if we can take out another tooth along with it uh bucky's all excited because north carolina wins again over the u so he's got that going for him and then we have just a, yeah yeah go ahead Buggy. yeah very very not very excited about my tarios getting it done look at that it's, it's someone's got to be happy in the yin yang and we got we got a final baseball game today we've got the the Mets and the Padres so uh, my radio partner during the week Jason Smith riding the lightning he's Even, nuts he's I mean he's nuts with the Mets and the Jets isn't he he's over the limit I mean he's he he's worse than the fans that sit in the stands. Well, I, I listen every now and again. He's he lives and dies with those teams. No, that's the hard part. Is that he has a he hate watches, but he still has his heart where it can be broken. And the Mets winning yesterday, <laughs> it's still there. It's like you know in the uh, Temple of Doom when dude pulls the heart out and shows it to him. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at with Jason Smith now. Uh, Am I correct? I, I think I was like dozing off when I was listening the other evening, but it was late at night here on the East Coast. When uh, they lost their first game in yeah. their playoff series, and he said the season's over, it's all. I mean, he was like, he buried them already. It was oh, yeah. over. No, of course. Yeah. Well, he was just waiting based uh, on. Very, go ahead. Very Bobby. dramatic. Very yeah. dramatic. Well, I mean, look, very it's dramatic. the theater of the dramatic. mind is radio, though, guys. So, you know, just being indifferent. That's why I, I use the strong word for my squads. It's like, I'm still going to watch them, but now it's with a hateful eye. Because they've given me nothing to get excited about. <laughs> like, oh, you're right on the precipice. No, nah, you're not good. Uh, and whereas he is was convinced all year, right? They win 101 games. You've got Pete Alonzo with a monster season. You had that trumpet guy shows up. Signed, great pitching. Uh, you had great pitching. And then all of a sudden, as you're getting towards this series, you have the leak. And it starts to be talked about that, ah, we're going to skip DeGrom and save him for the next series. Wait, hold on. 
hold on. <laughs> Look, you didn't play terrible football down the stretch, but you got caught by the Braves. So you lose the division. So you're forced into this. Alonzo said it best. Like, you don't get swept by the Cubs. I yeah. swipe, you know, as a South Side guy. Whenever you can take a swipe at the North Siders, that's pretty good. But they did. They showed up and played, and and they lost a lot of games to bottom feeding teams, which allowed Atlanta back into things. And then you set up this scenario. But then cavalierly, it's the ah, our number two guy. We probably won't need him for this series, so we're going to save him for good. My mom used to say that all the time growing up, guys. We'd buy her a nice whatever blouse, uh, something for the house, you know, for for a birthday or at the holidays, and it would end up in a closet being, quote, saved for good. <laughs> and then a year later, all of a sudden, it's going to Goodwill or something. Hey, someone else got some use out of it, which was great, but good evidently never came in our house for a lot of those items. So, in other words, find your wins today, people. Find yeah. your wins today. And it just pains me because I got to go into our, you know, before we start getting into the games, we've still got some on the slate, uh, and I celebrate them all. So, we'll... Uh, do our cursory checks on the the remaining games in the schedule that you guys didn't get to uh, over the last two hours. But I wanted to play this clip from Tom Brady because he, he seems to agree with me through the first four weeks of this season as to the level of play. All these teams, 15 in the league uh, at 2-2. Two and two. And here was his assessment of play through the first month. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of poor quality of football. That's what I see. Well, don't watch it then. Well, <laughs> you see, now you're, you're channeling <laughs> Kevin Durant. You don't like it? Don't watch. No, but, yeah. like, I go back, and I'm diseased. I go back and watch a lot of stuff. Last week I went back and watched, because I knew we'd have to talk about it on Monday, the Jets game, and I went and actually watched the Bears-Giants again. I should get a medal. Like, someone should print something that I can hang around my neck to say I sat through that a second time. But 15 teams with a 2-2 two and two record, and I'll throw it up to you guys. Bucky, uh, you know, take the lead here. Is is this a, an indictment of where we're at in terms of some of the talent level of teams, right? Or is it more an extension of what the Patriots started back with Brady, where September was a feeling out and learning process that has now been adopted with more and more teams led by the Rams in this case, not playing guys in the preseason so that cohesiveness isn't there. And then add part three where we do all these marquee games that the league wants to put up the first couple weeks. I don't think they need to because everybody's thirsty for NFL football. But I would argue that the Buccaneers-Packers game would look a lot different and would be a lot more interesting in week 10 than it was when they played in week three. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think all those things certainly – certainly come into play uh the abbreviated preseason the different practice rules have made it where teams start slower out of the gate and some teams like the patriots use the first four games of the regular season as an extended preseason to kind of see where they're at uh assess their players assess their playing style as it relates to matching the scheme with the talent and then they go from there and so you see a lot of that stuff kind of messing with the play we see in kicking game errors a bunch of penalties a bunch of turnovers what normally happens is around the middle of the year things settle in you know exactly what you're doing you know how to do it you know what the expectations are play callers go from here's how i think we were going to play to oh no here's how we have to play and that changes how the game is called it changes who gets the ball when they get their touch and those things and so it's about finding your identity 
offense, defense, and special teams, and then building a complimentary football game plan that allows you to play to the strengths of each of your uh, units. Well, I'll say this. I, I think Bucky hit it on the head because I asked Bucky about his power ratings for this week, and he gave me one, two, and three. And these three teams, and he mentioned the Eagles at one, uh, Kansas City Chiefs two, and the Buffalo Bills at three. Those three teams, at least at this stage of the game, are head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And you tell about the teams that are 15 teams at two and two, that's fine. But these three teams are head and shoulders above the rest. But I think this is exactly what the league wants. They want this so-called balance, the mediocrity. Sure. This is what the draft is built for, that to have this because it keeps competition alive. However, when I saw Thursday night, if I was a fan paying for that game, I'd want my money back. I want my money back. It was embarrassing. I've seen high school games that, that <laughs> yeah. were better played than that game on Thursday night. Well, it was I, terrible. I got to say this, though, fellas. Being on air as Jason and I are during the primetime games for the National Football League, I don't know that we've ever had a game that was easier to tee up and tee off on than watching. The fans are walking out at the end well, of the game. Well, but that's it. You got the fans, and that's a whole other thing. I'm sure someone at, at Amazon got a call going, we don't show them leaving the stadium. <laughs> right. You can joke, hey, we found out there's another beer line open and show the people going up out <laughs> of the aisles. You can't show them leaving the stadium when they're going into overtime, no matter how much you want to have a tongue-in-cheek with the product. And that was one of the things, you know, and, and not to bite the hand that feeds, going back and watching the Bears and Giants game. It was like they were trying to audition over at the comedy store out here, just taking shots at both teams left and right. It's like you're you're still playing a game, right? This is still early mm-hmm. in a season, and you got a lot of young players. Like, how about talking about the development here and what you could do to maybe get the offenses on track as opposed to, yeah, they got them right where they want them on third and ten. It's like it's not funny after the eighth time you've run it. Right? You've, you've got fundamental problems. You can teach me about football in this moment. And I use that game as the example because it was bad, just like Thursday night's game. And obviously, we don't have the sound on, so we can't hear how snarky Al Michaels is getting. From what I from what I gather reading online and from people I've talked to, Kirk Herbstreet either didn't get the joke or didn't want to play along. Right. Uh, but either way, it was terrible football. And now you've got the issue of Russell in L.A. for a shoulder consult. On top of yeah. that, and and I brought it up with Jay Glazer when he joined us on Friday, guys. Like it just seems that there's so many people taking glee in Russell Wilson struggling. When's the first coach or player going to come out on the other side to defend the guy? I, I don't think you'll see that. I'll tell you why. Mm. Buck, you know that I, I think that his snarly attitude, mm-hmm. his personality, you know, they're, they're happy he's fallen down from the mountaintop. Really, he, he, he they say he's a nasty guy. I don't know him, you know, and he wouldn't pick me out in the lineup. But for what I've understood, what I've read and players that have played with him, he's an egomaniac and he's just not a nice guy. Just not, a, and they're happy to see this happen. And Pete Carroll, basically, by unloading him and not saying we're going to miss him, basically kind of claimed that as well. They're doing great. Geno Smith is unbelievable. And Pete Carroll should be commended for what he did by letting him go, and this team is somewhat competitive. Yeah, so there was a, a thing, and they didn't fully say it, and they won't fully say it, but there was a thing about uh, things went awry in Seattle when Russell went from being uh, lovable Russell to the diva quarterback. And so when he became the diva quarterback, and you've heard the defense talk about it, but everybody thought it was sour grace when Richard Sherman and others talked about how 
the defense was held to a higher standard than the offense and how they never really came hard at Russell, the coaching staff, as opposed to the defensive players when it came to playing to the standard. And so what they did is they took the offensive identity away from Marshawn Lynch and handed it to Russell and made it about the quarterback, even though their success, their greatest success was about the defense and the running game. Those two years, 2012, 2013, 2014, actually three years, they ran the ball 50-50. It was, I mean, more. I think it might have been over 50% of the time. Yet, because we, on the outside, the media, we love to make it about the quarterback as the quarterback is John Wayne. He's the hero. He comes in on the white horse and saves everything. So Russell benefited from that. And so the defense has always said, those guys have always said, nah, he's good, but it ain't like that and so now we're seeing when given an opportunity to have it his way because he had it the last four or five years in seattle Mm -hmm. they didn't win anything of significance he's had it in denver doesn't look like they're going to win anything of significance so now it goes back to the conversation well is he really a playmaker or a high-end game manager we're but he didn't run the ball against so the Patriots like in the it. Super Bowl. That last play in the Super Bowl, he didn't run the ball to Marshall Lynch. Did. Right? And that is that goes back to the conspiracy theorists. If you hand it to Marshawn Lynch, he now becomes celebrated as the face of the franchise, maybe yeah, the face right. of the league. If Russell Wilson does it, hey, it's Russell. He's everything. He's lovable. It's all of this. But it didn't go their way. And so – there are people in Seattle who can't forgive Russell and the team for going about it because they're built on running the ball. That's how Pete built the team up from the from the scraps. We run, we physical, we play defense. And then in the critical moment, you didn't do that. So that's where the yeah. team is lost, and that's why people are, are, are delighting in Russell's failures right now. And you didn't yes. do it on Thursday night football. And I got to say, after the um... – concussive effect of the helmet on the field when K.J. Hamler fired his to the ground. I think he needs a new helmet for this coming week, fellas, uh, when he wasn't found in the end zone uh, on that fateful play. He's I got Buc- a quick question. Yeah, if I, excuse ahead. me, I'm sorry. A quick question for Bucky Brooks. Bucky coaches high school kids. Now, when you go to practice on Friday, and they probably stayed up to watch that game on Thursday night, did they come to you and say, Coach, you know, what happened there? I mean, is there any questioning after watching a sloppy game like that? from these high school kids mm-hmm. what are they saying absolutely so so friday morning we had a walkthrough with the jv team 6 a.m and they could not start talking about how bad that game was they couldn't understand <laughs> like why the turner couldn't score what's wrong with russell what's going on why don't they run the ball in those situations mm-hmm. yada 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 so yeah like they they all pay attention young people are looking and they're trying to figure out well what's going on with russell because we've heard so much about him but he's not playing well is it the coaching is it him is it the system What's going wrong? And so, yeah, there, there's certainly um, a lot of that because there are a lot of people who have for years talked about Russell being not only elite, but being like in a different stratosphere. Right. And he has talked about playing like, you know, Drew Brees and modeling his game after Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And what has been noticeable, one, Russell doesn't want to run anymore. No, he didn't run last year. And so Russell wants to transform his game and kind of become more like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. The issue, like I told Andy in one of the previous hours, his game isn't built to play from the pocket like that. 
He's not a timing and rhythm passer. And so what he's doing is kind of like what we do to a lot of athletic quarterbacks, even though I won't kind of lump them in. Athletic quarterbacks for years have always told, you can't be appreciated until you throw from the pocket. And so a lot of these guys will forego their superpower, which is running on the edges and doing those things, to show to people, oh, no, no, I can throw from the pocket. Think RG3. That's not your game. So what you're doing is you begin to play to your weakness, which then exposes your flaws even further, as opposed to this is how I play. I know some people don't like it, but it doesn't matter. This works for me. And so that's where we're at right now with Russell. And also agreeing to uh, work out of the shotgun on fourth and one because you're too small to see anything else. The other thing was their uh, their big pass play of the game. Hey, it's true. Why, why the hell else are you in the shotgun on fourth and, and a yard? Or fourth and, fourth and three or what? You know, your situational football just fails in that moment. The other is their only big pass play of the day was when the official took out the safety. That ball was going to be picked. And it ends up being a 40-plus oh, yeah. yard game. Yeah. That he threw up for grabs and two defender, <laughs> two Den- Denver uh, wide receivers were fighting for the ball because they wanted the yardage for their Gee, fantasy owners. Talk about piling on. Jeez, leave, hey, leave man. the guy alone already. Well, I mean, look, we, we got to be truth tellers here, Andy. I Furman. know, I know. I know. A, lot, a lot of other folks are going to give you smoke straight screen. And I went in my daughter's um, high school doing the musical Chicago. Great line and, and song from the the lawyer right played by richard gear in the famous movie where it's give them the old razzle dazzle it's all about misdirection three ring circus so they don't actually see what's going on it's been a lot of the russell wilson talk for yeah. a long long time he's at bucky brooks on twitter you find andy over at andy Furman fsr i'm over at swollen dome we're broadcasting live for the tire studios tire will help get you there an unmatched selection Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When we come back, we get into one of the big games of the day, the last undefeated team. Will they carry that forward into week six? We'll talk about it next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday, Fox Sports Radio from the TireRack.com studios. Mike Harmon alongside Andy Furman and Bucky Brooks. Big slate of NFL action on the way. You got an hour to get those lineup changes in for your fantasy rosters for the early game. That's right. Another game overseas. We got the Packers and Giants an hour from now. Aaron Rodgers and Saquon Barkley set to do battle. Daniel Jones, from all looks of it, uh, is going to give it a go. So fun times ahead. But we've got a heavyweight battle a little bit later on in the desert. So that's where we start our whip around this hour. Eagles at Cardinals. All right, we got the Eagles. Five-point favorites on the road. 49, your total, gentlemen. The large question is, will Mercury Morris be leading a giant chant and popping champagne later tonight if Arizona is able to pull off the upset? Jake Elliott not available for the Eagles. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about kickers on this show, unless we do, uh, when it's germane to the storyline, especially when you've got a high-powered Eagles offense that's been putting him to work. That means Cameron Dicker, a guy who flat out says, I don't really like football. 
but you're going to pay me to play it. I'm all for it. Let's go. All right. So you've got two teams uh, in the top three in terms of turnover margin. Philly plus eight on the year. We've watched Jalen Hurts, the run game, and then bringing in A.J. Brown. Good things all around defensively, a good back defensive backfield, and the front four getting it done. For Arizona, we just come in with questions each and every week. Kyler Murray, who's going to be the star in the receiving game? Hollywood Brown expected to go. The run game, plodding along with James Conner, but trying to find that next uh, level of stability before DeAndre Hopkins returns. I feel upset-minded uh, because, well, I'm just a little bit crazy on a Sunday morning. What say you, Bucky? Oh, man, it's tough because uh, the Eagles have been so hot for so long. Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing out of control. He's been a, like a really efficient baller, and his presence as a running threat in the middle of that offense makes it really, really difficult and challenging to deal with Miles Sanders and some of the other running backs. Uh, defensively, they're physical. They can lock up man-to-man, and they're playing against a Cardinals team that is very static, and they get out to slow starts. So the thing to look for in this game the second quarter. The Philadelphia Eagles outscore everybody in the second quarter. They find their rhythm in that point. The Arizona Cardinals have been outscored 66-16 to 16 in the first half. Give me the Eagles. I think the Eagles run away from them early, and then the Cardinals are forced to play catch-up. Swollen Dome, you must have banged that dome somewhere when you talk about upset city here because the Philadelphia Eagles, they're averaging almost 29 points a game through the first four games. They scored no fewer than 24 in any game. Defensively, they forced like 10 turnovers in four games. The Cardinals, as Bucky mentioned, they have yet to score in the first quarter this year. Slow starters. They trailed at halftime in every game. They have no chance, no chance whatsoever today, even though the game is in Arizona against a high-flying Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I like any time in the NFL, we use the terms no chance to describe things. I will say this, guys. I was emboldened, and, and I feel better about the Eagles after watching them actually play football in the second half last week. The football team. Come on, the first three weeks, they uh, they kind of sleptwalk through second half, and we're trying to hold on down the stretch. <clears throat> They did, but they, this is a really good football team, and I would say watching them field level, they are a physical football team. And so for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, if they don't come equipped, meaning they don't run the football, they don't try and test them with James Conner, it's going to be a tough game for them because they can get hit in the mouth. See how well the uh, Arizona line holds up against what is the league's best and that running attack certainly with Sanders, Gainwell, etc. getting it done with Jalen Hurts. But you know what? Someone's got to be the outlier. Someone's got to be the guy leading you towards the the promised land. I will be that guy. Arizona wins outright. He's Andy Furman. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. Let's turn it on over to our guy Nick Cope and get us an idea of what's trending because I'm sure the laundry list of injury notes is a hundred miles long. It's getting there. It's about 99. It's going to get even longer here in the coming hours as we get closer to those 1 o'clock Eastern kicks. But for right now, let's get you those inactives for that London game, which is about an hour away between the Packers and Giants. Green Bay safety Adrian Amos is active. Defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt is out. Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams is out and Daniel Jones is good to go he is active for New York elsewhere Saints running back Alvin Kamara is expected to play according to reports and the following players also are expected to play that's Dolphins receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell Bears running back David Montgomery for the Cowboys receiver CeeDee Lamb and running back Tony 
Pollard, Bengals receiver T. Higgins, and tight end Hayden Hurst. You were talking about the Cardinals. Receiver Rondale Moore is expected to play. Bucks receiver Russell Cage. Lions receiver Amon Ross Brown. Jaguars receiver Zay Jones. Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson is expected to play about 20 snaps. And for the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, all-pro left tackle Ronnie Stanley is expected to make his season debut. Again, all those players expected to play today. Not expecting to see Patriots quarterback Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi set to make his first career start. And game-time decisions for Bucks receiver Julio Jones and Commander's tight end Logan Thomas. NFL media reports Odo Beckham Jr. is targeting mid-November for his return to the field coming off that ACL tear in the Super Bowl. And ESPN says Steelers linebacker TJ Watt had arthroscopic knee surgery that will delay his return to the field another week or two. That's going to push his timetable into November for his ultimate return. He's been out since week one with a pectoral injury. Mike, Andy, Bucky, back to you guys. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. All right, guys, we're going to do a little bit of a hot rod as we come to you from the TireRack.com studios because, as I always tell you, we are a show for the people for this globe, right? We are a world show. And right now we have Bruce, who is at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, getting ready to take in the Packers and the Giants. Bruce, welcome into Fox Sports Radio. You ready to get it going? Uh, yeah, we're less than an hour before kickoff here between the Packers and the Giants. Uh, the big story here, I guess, could be uh, the Packers are the last of the 32 NFL teams to play a game in London. So finally, welcome to England, Green Day. How about this stat? Now, this is the 32nd NFL regular season game being played in London. In fact, the Giants beat the Dolphins in the, in the rain, no less, in the first London game way back in 2007. Well, this is the first time in these 32 games that both teams have a winning record going into the match. The Packers and the Giants, both three and one. So cheerio from London. I appreciate that. That's fantastic stuff. There you go. We got Bruce from from London. Interesting. I like that. A couple of stats. I was I had some follow up questions about the. I'd like to know how much the tickets are going for there. Well, the you know the last I saw the get in was uh, almost nine hundred bucks. You're kidding. Really? On the secondary market. That's right. A lot of other games today, if you look on the schedule, you can get in for around $70, $80. So, I mean, there's some value to be had there on I'd week buy five. that for a dollar. There's some games that maybe you would only want to pay a dollar. Uh, Tennessee, Washington, you can get in for 27 Wow. Who's ready mm. for some watching some paint dry? But, yeah, we'll get to that game in a minute. He's Bucky. He's Andy. I'm Mike. Let's get to our next game. Texans at Jaguars. Here we go. Jaguars, uh, a I touchdown. i for a dollar. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, 37 is your get-in uh, for this one uh, at TIAA Bank Field. And we, we look at this one, Bucky, coming off the, the loss, but a good start. Trevor Lawrence has to hold on to the football, but we look at Lovey Smith's squad. Their offensive line's been terrible. Uh, Davis Mills completing about 53% of his passes. Damian Pierce has been a bright spot uh, at times, but there hasn't been any level of consistency here from Houston. But it's always a divisional game and, and one that you've got to be wary of. Yeah, it's one that you have to be wary of. Um, I want to say the, the Texans have won eight straight. Against the Jaguars? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is kind of the nemesis. And so when you think about this and all the other stuff, you kind of have to throw the records out. The Houston Texans have a way of 
<laughs> complicating the game for the Jaguars. Keep an eye on Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been outstanding against the Jags. And so we'll see what it looks like. This is a take-care-of-business game for the Jags. Today we'll learn a lot about their competitive maturity and if this team is really ready to contend for a division crown. You got to be kidding me! I mean, it's not even uh, worth mentioning. Hey. The Jags are going to hey. win. Ja- Jacksonville uh, has seven no, no, ints no. in their first four games. That's tied for first in the NFL. The quarterback for the Texans, Davis Mills, he was intercepted twice last week by the Chargers. You know, it it just doesn't make any sense. And look who they've won. I look at like the schedule. Who teams have won? And Texans tied Indianapolis, a bad team. Lose at Denver. Lose at your Chicago Bears. They're terrible, and they lost to the Chargers. Believe me, Jags rolling this game. Yeah, They're rolling know. there, Bucky. I don't know. Double about digit rolling. winners this game. Wow, I man. Like what's what's yes. in your coffee over there, Andy? You're very fired up about the Jags. I appreciate it. Well, no, that's good. Nice. Look, yes. I, we, we jumped on board. I, I even brought out my old original logo hat. I've jumped on the bandwagon oh, wow. that much. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. Before they changed it. Oh, so you're a front wow. runner, too. Yeah, because they're, they're running away and hiding, Andy. Come on now. Yeah. I just have an extensive hat collection because once upon a time okay. at the Oakland Alameda Col- County Coliseum, at the end of a uh, baseball season, they had a tent sale. And guess what? I've got a head big enough that there was a nice big bin of any hat I wanted for five bucks. All fitted. Mm. Which means I've got a lot of teams I have really no rooting interest in, but they were five bucks. I wish I was there with you. To be no, honest. it was pretty sweet. Yeah, man, I have. I, I yeah, it's ridiculous. The old Montreal Expos hats and the whole nine yards. Uh, Houston eight and two against the Jags head to head. Their last ten meetings. Let's get one more game in before yeah. we uh, we tap for the uh, the pa- the cause here. Bengals at Ravens. Now we're just talking. All right, Ooh. Baltimore plus five, second best turnover margin in the National Football League. Three and a half point favorites here. Forty seven and a half is your total. You've got a. An offense for Baltimore, no Bateman. Defensively, we've watched that secondary struggle. The Bengals' offensive line still trying to get some semblance of consistency. Joe Burrow and the timing of getting the ball out. But when he does, you've got Jamar Chase and you've got T. Higgins that I think people are starting to recognize exactly how important T. Higgins is to everything. And last week, we even had a couple of big plays to Tyler Boyd. So it's starting to get a little more spread out. Hayden Hurst, the tight end, will be available for this one as well. Fantasy owners, take a look here uh, if he's on your waiver wire. You may be dissatisfied with your fantasy tight end. You may have Kyle Pitt. And this week, you don't have to worry about playing him because he's not playing. So you can go find an alternate on the waiver wire. Hurst may be that guy. But three and a half points, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson getting it done. Will he get any help from the run game and from that secondary against Joe Burrow? Um, I like the running game. I like the running game. I think Lamar Jackson has to even take more of this on because right now it's situation critical for the Baltimore Ravens. Last year, the thing about the Bengals, they did a really good job of like throwing this cover zero at them, kind of messing up the mm-hmm. thing. I think they figured that out. So now it has to be about the running backs and then finding a way to find other receivers in the passing game outside the tight end. They've done some of that, and so the offenses look good at times. But then they got to close the deal. That's on the defense. I think the offense is good enough to get them to win. 
You know, I like Baltimore. I really do. The games at home, they're coming off an ugly loss last week, a terrible loss. It really was. But what the Bengals' defense has to do, and it's going to be very difficult to do this, to make the Baltimore offense one-dimensional. You know, they run well. They pass well because Jackson has become a better passer this year. If they can make that a one-dimensional offense, which I don't know they can, they could win this ball game. But I'll tell you what, here's a stat that Bucky would love. Maybe he'll put it in his Friday column next week. Look at that. Uh, Looking for yeah. that love. <clears throat> this season... Uh, when Joe Burrow is in the shotgun, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bengals have called a pass play 78% of the time. When he's on the center, they call a run play 75% of the time. We'll see what happens. See what happens today. Well, for Joe Mixon, uh, fans and fantasy owners, they're hoping to see him under center a bunch. Still waiting yeah. for it. 24 carries, 61 yards, barely falling forward against Miami. But he did find the end zone, and and right now averaging a week, 2.7 yards per carry. They've got to figure out how to get that balance reestablished. He's Andy Furman. That's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. This is Fox Sports Radio's Fox Football Sunday, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. And coming up next, folks, we're going to get into another couple of games, and we're going to get Bucky and Andy's best of Week 5 in your National Football League. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> 
much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. kickoff that's right tune in today at 10 a.m eastern we'll take you live all the way to kickoff on fox sports radio on the iHeartRadio app presented by bet mgm they'll have some live betting opportunities for you and little things they've seen throughout the packers and giants which will kick off 6 30 again get those fantasy lineups and submissions in if you're getting into some of the daily fantasy get those lineups in and, and uh Let's get it on. Get that morning cup of coffee. Thanks for being part of the extended family. Taking us with you on the iHeartRadio app, your local affiliate, numbering 400-plus nationwide. Thanks to those program directors. And for you guys, keep clamoring to hear more of Andy Furman, Bucky Brooks, and, well, maybe a little bit of me mixed therein. We appreciate you being part of the show. Guys, we got a lot of games that that are still sitting out in in the balance. One I wanted to hit on. Real quick with y'all, uh, before we get your best plays, best uh, expectations for week five, is the Cowboys-Rams game, right? Rams, five-and-a-half-point favorite, home game, 42 is the total. I'm looking at two teams that uh, have a very differing styles uh, right now and the expectations and, and how they're written about, talked about, much different, right? Jerry Jones, with every win, gets emboldened to talk more about Cooper Rush. The big job for him, just don't turn the ball over. Maybe get a little more of the run game. And then the defense with Micah Parsons and company have made plays. And for the Rams, well, that's the the worst scenario is to hear, hey, Micah Parsons ready to come in and feast because the offensive line has been a turnstile. Matthew Stafford hanging on to the ball, and he's got one and he's got one and a half receivers. You got Cooper Cup and you got uh, Tyler Higby. And you got a lot of guys pictured on the side of milk cartons. So I'm looking at Dallas plus five and a half, winning this game outright on the strength of their defense. Bucky, am I out out on a limb too far here? No, like the defense is legit. <clears throat> I mean, we talk about this being a version of the doomsday defense in terms of the speed, the physicality, the toughness, the turnover and playmaking ability that they have. No, I think you have a Rams team that is struggling. Uh, they can't run the football. They can't protect the quarterback. And the Matthew Stafford is a turnover machine. So I like the Cowboys, provided they're able to continue to stick to the blueprint. The blueprint is 30 to 35 rushing attempts, great defense, and then Cooper Rush making a handful of plays. If they stick to the script, they win. Yeah, Rams got smacked around by the 49ers last week. And in that game, as you mentioned, with the turnover machine, Matthew Stafford had two turnovers in that game. He'll need to, he's, he's got to control the ball. But here's the deal. The defensive backfield in L.A., it's piling up. The injuries are just piling up. I, I like the Rams to win this game. I really do. I just think they have more talent. Uh, and Cooper Rush, obviously undefeated, 3-0 and thus far, quarterback in this ball club. And he's got some talent there with his receivers, with C.D. Lamb uh, out there. But I, I just believe that the Rams, if Matthew Stafford Get it under control. They should win this ball game. You got Jason Peters doubtful for this one. Smith's already on the IR. We we know the the injuries uh, questionable for Tony Pollard all, along the way. But this is one that's that's great because more narratives will be thrust forth 
in sports talk radio and television coming out of this game than perhaps any other game on the slate this weekend, gentlemen. So that's good. Sky is falling radio. Or, hey, do we have a quarterback controversy to tried and true playbooks in sports media? So let's get to it as we we finish up this hour. Gentlemen, you've talked a, a lot about game scenarios and where we're at after four games in the league, plus uh, that wonderful 12-9 Indianapolis Colts win on Thursday night. I celebrate all 272. Look, someone's still got to be last. It still counts as an NFL game. Uh, and uh, of all of them, well, that was one of them. So as we get into week five, what what's the game that's got your rapt attention to uh, fuel the second quarter of the season? Uh, I'm going to go Monday night game. Let's go Kansas City-Oakland. Uh, Kansas City-Las Vegas. I like that. Brother. The Oakland. It's, it's <clears> like the uh, Cleveland City, Guardians lost their uh, new nickname on a bunch of telecasts over the last uh, 72 hours, too. Yeah, yeah. So we go Raiders versus Chiefs. That should be a good one. It should be a good one because the Raiders found their way. They got the ball to the playmakers. They got it to Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. They were fed a ton, and it works for them. The Kansas City Chiefs, we get a chance to see this, uh, I guess, share the wealth uh, approach, see if it works on a big, big stage. It's worked so far. Let's see if it continues to work. I got two games. I really do, and I hate to do that to you, but no, I like the fine. Eagles-Cardinals because I want to see if the Eagles remain undefeated to see how good they really are, and will the Cardinals fold, or will they come back and score at least in the first quarter and not trail at halftime? So there's one of those games. That game is on Fox, by the way, and, and more than that, the Bengals-Ravens, which I have a, a rooting interest in, but more than that, this is truly the battle for the for the a- a- AFC North to see who's going to win that division. I really believe that. Ravens got smacked around twice last year by the Bengals. We'll see what happens, and the Ravens have a bitter taste, obviously, in their mouth from that loss last week. Stupid loss, bad loss. So I, I like that Bengals game tonight, and I think that the Ravens going to beat them. I really do. You think everybody truly kissed and made up over there on that Baltimore sideline after that game? Yes. I, th- I don't think they don't. But they don't hold grudges, do they? Come on. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, they they hold them. Sometimes they hold those grudges, you know. Just curious where we're at, right? Because we, we always talk about longstanding coaches and, and when is the time where the uh, the message needs to change, the play calling. And in this case, I think a lot of folks uh, came out with the kid gloves on Lamar Jackson. Like mm. you can't criticize him for decisions made on the field. Mm. And it made it was a little quick yeah. to uh, to go after Harbaugh in, in this sense when you didn't find your read. But, hey, you've got Justin Tucker, and everybody suddenly loves a kicker. Funny how that works. Be a good kicking it there, McPherson and Tucker. <laughs> Fun stuff. Thanks, Andy. Thank Bucky you. and I continue next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome in! Fox Football Sunday, Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Five years in the league, NFL.com, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio. He uh, writes for FoxSports.com. He's a coach. He's a mentor. He's an analyst working alongside the Jaguars. He, as, as you can tell, the man doesn't sleep, lives, breathes, family, faith, football. How's that? I like it. It works. All right. We'll, we'll see if we can clean it up, workshop that a little bit, get some dramatic music behind it, uh, and make it swell. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter uh, as well. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Line up questions if you've got them for the later games. Obviously, we're attending to the broadcasting people, which means if you need something for this uh, early game between the Giants and the Packers, play your Packers running backs. Maybe get a little bit cute with Tunyon and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, and obviously Aaron Rodgers, a back-end QB1 for the Giants. It's Saquon Barkley and, well, and little else because they didn't really travel with most of their wide receivers once again. Uh, I hate when we throw, using the term bust liberally, uh, Bucky, but the signing of Kenny Galladay, I'm not going to put it all on players. Someone had to offer him a contract and be convinced that he was worth a lot of money coming off a five-game stint with the Lions before an injury. Uh, but right now, that looks like one of the worst signings in recent memory to try to oh, elevate man. a squad. It does. It doesn't look great. <laughs> it doesn't look great. He certainly hasn't been what they hoped he would be um, in terms of being a, a number one receiver. And he was often injured during his time with the Detroit Lions. And so he hasn't given them what they're paying him. And a new regime. New regime has come in. They have higher expectations for the performance that they want on the outside. He's not delivering. So they're playing the best players, meaning the best performers in practice are getting the opportunities to play. And when you're establishing a new culture, a culture when you talk about the workers getting the rewards, 
I understand what Brian Dayball and their staff are doing. I, I appreciate it, and I think it's something that has certainly helped the Giants get out to this 3-1 start. People are having to earn their keep when it comes to their roles and positions. Well, and that's been the interesting thing. Obviously, that game against the Bears, uh, if you want to make an argument that between that and the Thursday night game between the Colts and the Broncos, and maybe uh, already looking ahead, because I know when they signed off on Thursday Night Football and they put up that graphic that looked like it was from the 80s, it's like, oh, you're going to replay a game for when the the Bears and the then-Washington Redskins were good? No, we got Bears Commanders on Thursday Night Football coming up. Uh, those will rank among probably the worst games that you'll see all season. Uh, but here's the thing. With, with Daniel Jones, who's expected to give it a, a go here in a half hour's time, Bucky, they've taken the shots uh, of trying to bring guys in. And between Galladay and Kadarius Toney, you've gotten a big fat goose egg in terms of that big play, explosive play receiver that's supposed to come in and help. Right now, your leaders in the receiving department are Saquon Barkley and Richie James. Mm. Not not necessarily what we expected. No, not at all. Seventh round pick in the 2018 draft was Richie James. Yeah. Uh, But you know what? I told you, the regime is talking about playing the best players, the players that give the biggest contributions and do those things. And so they're sticking to the script when it comes to that. Now, I want to circle back to the game we ended last hour on, and uh, we we had the Buffalo-Baltimore game, and with the frantic comeback, right, it was lopsided until it wasn't, and then Harbaugh with the decision to put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands down in the red zone instead of taking the – Obvious, easy three points with uh, mm-hmm. Justin Tucker. About four minutes left in the game. And it's a defense that has struggled overall, but also opportunistic, right? They've generated some turnovers, had some opportunities uh, to make plays. And in this case, to me, it was, all right, I'm going to make a play. And and this was his postgame analysis was, look, I, I know we, we ended up losing, but we had the opportunity there. I put it in my play, best player's hands, and then I trusted my defense. And, I, and I'm good with that. But it's also still just the question, I, I guess, on a, on a larger point of at what point do you lose the Super Bowl love that you once had, right? How long does that last for a coach, even if you're consistently winning? But if you're now, all right, can we get back to that elite status? I, I guess that's that's the question on my mind because I look at two coaches in the AFC North and he and Tomlin that have been there a long time and now Tomlin's got to deal with something he's never had to deal with, which is growing a quarterback from scratch and re- redeploying your team that way. And then we find out T.J. Watt needed surgery, so the help on defense isn't necessarily coming anytime soon. No, it's not coming anytime soon, but let's go back to Harbaugh first <clears throat> because here's the thing that hasn't been talked about or discussed on a bigger thing. Let's go back to the last year, and let's look at the number of losses that the Baltimore Ravens have had by going with the analytical approach at the end of the game, mm-hmm. going for it on fourth down, going for it on fourth and goal, uh, bypassing field goals to take these chances that they say are in their favor based on the probability. No one has taken him to task for these risks because these things have not necessarily played in the Ravens' favor. And I'm a fan for going for it on fourth and short when you have the running game that the Baltimore Ravens have had. But right. too often, we're going for it on fourth down, and then we're using these passes. Right. And so I want you to stay within the identity of your team, your office, and how this team was built. They are a physical football team that loves to come downhill. But too often, in the last half of the season, let's 
you go back and just look at the one score losses that this team has had. And a lot of those can be attributed to these late game gambles in which they're going for it instead of piling points on the board by taking the easy three. What is the point in having the best kicker in football if you don't utilize him? And so Justin Tucker, to me, is a weapon that is underutilized by the Ravens. I get it. Everybody has the analytical department. I understand the numbers. I understand probabilities and all those things. That said, you can't take John Harbaugh off the hook for these gambles when they're not going the Baltimore Ravens' way. I believe that they have lost more games with the gambles than won games because of the gambles that they are attributing to the analytical model. Well, it's always easy to cite the the model when you're winning, and particularly when you're losing in this case. of Like, hey, you know, the numbers said this, uh, certainly. But to your point about identity, it's a, it's a lot of the conversation we had in the first hour talking about Denver in and around the goal line and owing back to Richard Sherman losing his mind, yelling, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, the video that was seen around the world mm-hmm. uh, in the post game mm-hmm. there, and they are like, wow, flashbacks, and he actually tweeted out the word flashbacks at the end of it is like Melvin, Melvin Gordon has had some fumbling issues, but he's also mm-hmm. run the ball very effectively. Right? right. So it's that, all right, which, which am I getting in and around the goal line? And you don't need hero ball, particularly if you're not going to throw it to the side that you ran a perfect pick play, right? They, they ran a perfect pick with Judy mm-hmm. to get Hamler open and they never looked that way. Yeah, and instead got got his lunch eaten again by Gilmore, who'd gotten him earlier in the game. So you yeah, know, if, you, if yeah. you're going to you know ignore your identity suddenly uh, and change the play calling to your point about the Ravens, like all right, all the analytics in the world's like you've proven what you do best. So why are you, it works for you in that way? So why are you trying to go to the league wide averages when your de- yeah. your team is built so differently? Yeah, I I can't really understand it. I, I I don't understand like why it is it has been that and with the Broncos and I get it see because this is what happens as a front office and it filters down to the coaching staff when you make the move that the Broncos made and you made the move to go and get the quarterback the marquee quarterback and then you double down on it by paying him a big contract there is a natural inclination to want to prove to the football world what we did was right. We paid the right guy, so we're going to put the ball in his hands. When you really look at the Broncos and what they do well, right now the best part of their game is when they're able to run the football and throw off play action. Not when Russell is doing standard drop back, traditional drop back, classic Tom Brady, Drew Brees stuff. That is not the strength of the team. But there's this yin and yang, this inner Armageddon that Nathaniel Hackett is dealing with on the inside. Do I trust my quarterback? Because when I didn't trust my quarterback, oh, I got all the criticism. But now I've trusted my quarterback on two times, and it's backfired for me. So now if you're Nathaniel Hackett, what do you do? Where do you go to the next time that you're in these situations and you need a play? Do you trust Russ? Do you trust the running game? Who do you trust? In most instances, Mike, I would tell you, it's always players over plays. Put the ball in the best hand of your best player. Don't worry about the play. Because normally your best player will find a way to get it done. And in these cases, Russell hasn't done it. And so I don't know where the Broncos turn because he's proven that he can't get it done. Yeah, certainly pressing in the red zone. Here you had the opportunity to get a first down. 
right? You didn't need to go for the the end zone on that play, mm-hmm. which is why lining up in shotgun and not tucking the ball into Gordon's gut made no sense, right? And now we we have just coaching decisions, and I know Hackett to a degree. Uh, part of it is going to be the pressure, and even in his post game comments, Bucky, I, I thought it was curious. Uh, the way he did it. I thought we had a spectacular drive, get down there, ended up fourth and one. We got to go for it. And and this was, and I, and I applauded Russell's uh, fight to actually stay on the field. And instead of what we had in Seattle, right where he didn't. Uh, and we saw a 64 yard attempt and I love Brandon mm-hmm. McManus and all, but he ain't super toe. Uh, but here was the, the rest of Hackett thought it was a good decision. Wanted to put the ball in Russell's hand and call the play that we know. And he really likes, and it didn't work out. Uh, the and he really likes part of it kind of was like, all right, you. right, I've heard everybody calling for my job in my head. This is the play mm-hmm. he wanted. Hey, mm-hmm. look at him. Go over to number three. I, I you know, I listened to him and, and wanted he wanted the ball in his hands and he didn't mm-hmm. make a play. That's exactly what I got out of that. And I, and I think that got a, a bit overlooked in the Friday quarterbacking uh, from the media, and, and we tried to call it out in real time as the quote was given, Bucky, because uh, I, I think you seriously have some some unrest there beyond just the media trying to hype it up and, and start a fire in a dumpster. Absolutely. Like, you do have some of that. Uh, you have the media trying to stir it up. The media has been on this. The media has been on Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, more than Russell of late the last week. Now they're beginning to jump on Russell. And you have all of this stuff coming down. And so it's funny, but typically, Mike, where there's smoke, there's fire. When we're talking about Nathaniel Hacking being one and done and talking about people, the colossal failures of his coaching decisions, starting from week one because he didn't put the ball in the hands of Russell, that that, that was a fireball offense. And now I'm looking back and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't have criticized him so hard in week one on that when we've seen what Russell was able to do. Some of the other things, look, man, the management stuff, the clock management, the delay of game penalties that they have been getting because they haven't been able to get the plays in and out. Yeah, that's some of that. But it's also the growing pains associated with a first-time head coach who has also taken on the added responsibility of being the offensive play caller. That is not something that is easy. And even though I see Kevin O'Connell doing it well, I've seen others kind of jump in and do it like Sean McVay. It's a lot to manage the entire team while directly calling the offense. Because when you are calling the offense as the offensive coordinator, you are so knee, I mean, you're you're deep in the weeds in terms of trying to figure out how do I get the next play? What are the next thing? Do we have a script? Yada, yada, yada. You're not even paying attention to what's happening on the field. And so without an experienced defensive coordinator or what I call the wise old elder, right, that can tell you, hey, coach, Here's where we're at. We need to make sure that we're, we're, we're going, hey, we're going, are we going to take the time out after this or that? Head coaches need those reminders because there's so many different things that are going on. And so I think we need to give Nathaniel Hackett a bit of a pass on some of those things because he's a newbie and put a little more on, hey, man, when you have a franchise quarterback, the franchise quarterback who's played 10 years in the league, he should be a pseudo head coach in terms of, organization and getting everybody on the same page. Part of what we saw in Tampa Bay and part of why we love what Tom Brady was able to do in Tampa, he immediately cleaned up some of the issues that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may have had. Some of the stuff that may have been loosey-goosey under Bruce Arians, we heard Tom Brady talk about, hey, guys, we're going to play at a high level. We need to do these things. 
That's what I expect from a high-end franchise quarterback. That is the leadership part that you're supposed to get from Russell Wilson when you bring him over. So, yeah, we can take shots at Nathaniel. Russell has to get some of this, too, because the quarterback outside of the head coach is viewed as the most important part of the team. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. Folks say, well, it's still new. It's like, well, you had a whole offseason. You were supposed to be working together, weren't you, <laughs> to try to get mm-hmm. this right? And I, and I get you didn't take a lot of reps in preseason games. And this is league-wide where, I mean, it, obviously Hackett is first and foremost, but when we're talking about a lot of the new head coaches and, and trying to navigate their way in, especially if you go spend $245 million on a quarterback, you'd like to think you guys have figured out at least some semblance uh, of consistency whereby you don't have 20 pre-snap penalties through five weeks. 20! Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's absolutely obscene. And I know they did. <clears throat> the, I, I thought they did the right thing mm-hmm. in recognizing a problem by bringing in Jerry Rossberg. You know, it was widely mocked. It's like, oh, now you hire the game coordinator. It's like, no, they saw they had a problem and they went to fix it. The only problem is it still hasn't fixed it. No, it hasn't fixed it, but it takes time. And I will say this. So, Mike, I feel like I'm a broken record on the radio, so the people have to pardon me for jumping into my coaching thing because I talk about this to my team all the time. It's something that great teams talk about it. And it's going to sound silly. So when I say the phrase, uh, it is what it is. But I Can I put it on a T-shirt? I mean, if you want to put it on a T-shirt. All right, let's see if we can sell look, shirts. Let's go. <clears throat> when you go and you play the Kansas City Chiefs under Marty Schottenheimer, Marty would say this, more games are lost than won, meaning – more teams give away games with self-inflicted mistakes than the other team beating them. And so when we talk about the self-inflicted mistakes, we call them DBOs. Don't beat ourselves. Number one thing, turnovers. Mike, I can tell you, if you just take care of the ball, if you win the turnover battle by plus one, you win 64% right. of your games. Plus two, it goes up to 75. Plus three, it goes anywhere from 80 to 90% of the time. If you just dominate the turnover battle, you win games. That's number one. Two, no pre-snap or foolish penalties. Don't give away yards on things that you can control. I can control whether I line up in the neutral zone. I can control whether I know the snap count. I can control whether we're in a right formation, meaning no illegal procedure penalties or uh, illegal formations, any of those things. Third, no big plays allowed. The number one thing that we talk about in football is, man, we can be aggressive and all that, but the one thing that you can't do is never let the ball fly over the top of the defense. If you keep the ball in front and rally and tackle, make people drive the length of the field, the odds suggest that they cannot do it. And the final thing, it is critical. No kicking game errors, meaning no block kicks, no return kicks. Don't let them block them and don't let them return them for touchdowns. If you do those four things, it is hard for another team to beat you. And so Nathaniel Hackett knows because his dad, Paul Hackett, was on the staff in Kansas City when I was playing in Kansas City on the Mike Schottenman. I know he's heard those messages. He has to know better. Those are the things that you have to do to give yourself a chance to win the National Football League. And so they got to clean up that stuff because all of those things are controllable. Well, see, now you've got the color scheme and everything. More games are lost than won. Let's ride. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. That's what Let's we do. Ride. Yeah, well, at Bucky Brooks. Well, you notice he couldn't even stand behind the microphone as he tried to utter that one. He didn't even get the ride from behind the uh, podium. Yeah, no. Nah, no one wants to hear that right now. No. People want to win. I don't want to hear Let's Ride. I want to win. That's what I would say if I'm a Broncos fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to win. 
that's cute. That's college stuff. I don't want to hear that. Nobody does that in the pros. Mike, there's a reason why no one has done it before, because we don't talk like that in the pros. We don't talk like that in the National Football League, like, hey, let's go, go Hawks. No, no one says that. That is collegiate. Well, he's, he's built a brand. Whether that's able to monetize or not, hey, good on him. Uh, but you get the slings and arrows because it's not like, look, not being dismissive. It's just part of an overall package. But that's a, we'll continue the the Russell Wilson talk as the season rolls on. In uh, well, we got Monday Night Football. We get to watch him in prime time again uh, next week. Yay. Uh, at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter. Find me over at Swollen Dome, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Coming up next, we turn our attention to a game here in Los Angeles. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last hour, but for the new audience and to go a little bit deeper, we've got Cowboys, we've got Rams, we've got it next year on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday here. Fox Sports Radio from the TireRack.com studios. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. I'm loud and I open mouth say things. Bucky gives you the analysis to make you a smarter football fan and to win at the game of life. Remember, more things, more games, more situations in your life are lost than won. So go and claim them. Create opportunities for yourselves. Create those turnovers in your life that put you at an advantage. How's that? We can be aggr- uh, aggressive about it as well to create those losses for those that we see as opponents in our lives and in our paths. Is that too uh, angry for a Sunday morning? No, nah, that's not too angry. I think the big thing is when we talk about those things, um, that is everything, right, Mike? So if you take every game right you take every sport that we play right so we talk about football i just laid it out like in terms of don't beat yourself you do those things well let's think about in baseball right baseball is pretty pretty simple when it comes to that hey let's catch all fieldable balls let's make sure that we don't have a ton of errors when it comes to defensive errors let's make sure we cut down the base running miscues hey if you're going to take a base take the base that you're supposed to take don't uh run yourself out of an inning in the outfield Hit the cutoff, man. You know, simple things that we know because when you don't do those things, they always come back to bite you. Every sport has that set of commandments that you know. If we do those things, guys, it's going to up our odds of winning games. And, Mike, time over time, if you just do the stuff that prevents you from just giving away games, I promise you more times than not, you're going to win a ton of games. So it's not that hard, but it takes discipline and it takes attention to detail to be able to do that. I want to show some love to Herm Edwards. I know he, uh, the last video we have of him is getting fired next to the goalpost uh, at Arizona State. But, I, I, you know, there are some truisms from his broadcasting career uh, and stories that I've heard him tell a million times. And one of them is just, you know, as a kid, sweeping a floor. Everybody can get the stuff in the mm-hmm. middle. Right. You've heard this one a million times. I know from Herm and from other people in your life. I know Bucky, Every, everybody can get that stuff in the middle. It's in the corners. It's in the cracks. Yeah. It's getting down into like the, the little molding that's, you know, along the, the baseboards and everything else. That That's where the winning's done. And that, it's the same thing for every other sport. Right. Are you willing 
to go that little extra. I mean, take the cheese ball Al Pacino speech on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? The the winning die in, in those inches that you have to pile up and put them in your back pocket. And that and that's kind of what we're talking about here as we watch the first four weeks plus of the NFL is the number of games where you just throw your hands up trying to figure out the logic. And you wish you had the, hey, how can I read a coach's mind as to what they call to why they call? Going back to that Baltimore you know, game, he, you know, you made the analytics and everything else. You put the ball in Lamar's hands. Lamar didn't make a play, right? Once it's on the field, <clears throat> you still got to go execute. They have to go execute. And I'm going to say this about Lamar. I'm going to say this about Lamar, and I'm going to say this about all athletic quarterbacks, right? See, because here's what happened, and this isn't an excuse to Lamar, and this is why I say players have to know who they are and play within themselves. Okay, so the criticism, what's the main criticism that we give to Lamar Jackson? He can't perform from the pocket. I don't know right. if that style of work because he can't throw from the pocket. Lamar Jackson isn't a thrower. He has to be able to throw. He has to be able to do this. He has to be able to do this. He has to throw, 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 throw. Now, I would tell you, what is Lamar Jackson's superpower, Mike? Superpower is uh, seeing space and then going and exploiting it with his legs and freezing right. you and occasionally running you over if he needs to. Right. So his athleticism, his running ability. But because – so much of the outside noise is always throw, 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 throw. That the natural competitor in the athlete, I'm going to show you yeah. that I can do what you say that I can't do. And so what it does for all of these guys, it takes away from their game. Can I ask because this because of that so game, Joe? Doing it. Mm-hmm. For that game in particular, because Josh Allen's on the other sideline, do you think that has something about it? Because of the way those two are often paired and, and co- compared and contrasted? these last couple of years because they're the only two guys from that 2018 class that have really done anything? Maybe. But you know what's interesting about that? I think Josh Allen had 17 runs in that game. Right. <laughs> so well, He's so, their running back. We, we joked about right. it last week when right. we were previewing so, the game. It's like your two best running backs are your quarterbacks. So that's the thing that is so crazy about it, right? So you have Josh Allen who is very comfortable in his own skin in terms of how he plays. He took all the slings and arrows early in his career when he wasn't playing great in the inter not even the intercept, the accuracy woes, but he's continued to play the way that he plays. And so for Lamar Jackson and all these other guys, I'm like, hey, man, do you. It's too hard to be somebody else, so just do you. And the world will come to grips with the new style of play that we're getting at quarterback. Because as I've said, what happens and why the noise is loud, let's examine all the people that are in the booth. Well, all the people that are in the booth are typically old quarterbacks. And what was their style of play? From the pocket. Yeah. So we hear those messages because most people call the game from their vantage point, how they played, how they see it. And so until you get the athletic quarterback to go in the booth and kind of give that perspective, we as the public always believe that the game has to be played a certain way because the guys that are talking about it played it a certain way and they don't maybe acknowledge the new way players are playing and they don't have that perspective. So Lamar has to quiet the noise and just play, just play the game. Like who is different now. But those who look at the game at the lower levels, youth, high school, college, more quarterbacks play like Lamar and Josh Allen than like Tom Brady. We'll see if they can uh, hold up till they're 45. 
The new style again. Look, okay. No, but but it, you, no, no, no. So but let's you, say this I, I, I just wanted wanted to. I've got Brady getting hammered. Like it's just a montage of him being uh, planted by defensive players on one of the monitors <laughs> here in the Fox Sports Radio studios. Like the way that synced up was just uh, almost incredible. That you <laughs> no, brought you invoked the name of Brady yeah. as he's standing in the pocket and like his immobility here is what gets him crunched. <laughs> And look, I love Brady, but I hate Tom Brady at the same time. Because here's what Tom Brady has done to us as football fans, as team builders, and everything. Mike, it was never the expectation that the quarterback was going to play two decades for the franchise. Yep. Right? The expectation used to be if you get a decade of performance out of a franchise quarterback, you've done well. Like, that's what it used to be. So everyone talks about the running quarterback, it won't last or whatever. So my example has always been, let's look at Cam Newton. Everyone says, yeah, but you know, he ran a bit. How long did Cam Newton play? Cam had a hell he of a run. He played 11 years. Yes. Right. He played a, he That's played a hell of a years. run for a guy that right. played like he did. Eventually, the body's got to break. And it was in the natural right. timeline of every other quarterback that's ever played the game, except for Tom right. Brady and like four other guys. Right. And so that's why... That's why I think we sometimes, me included, on we spend so much time talking about, yeah, but it should be for the next 15. No, it shouldn't be a 15-year decision at quarterback because most of the quarterbacks that are playing 15 years are falling apart at the end of it. Aaron Rodgers is an exception, but look at how it ended for Drew Brees. He was fading fast at the end of his career. The prime for the quarterback typically is up to 33, 34, 35, then they fall off the cliff. And so if we make those decisions based on that timeline, they come in at 25, they're going to leave at 35, I need to get the best 10 years out of them because that's when their athleticism at its peak and all that other stuff. Russell Wilson is 34. It's near the end of the road for the athletic quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm 100% in agreement. You and I have had this conversation the last couple of years here on the network of when I've got a guy who's got that superpower, talking about Lamar, talking about Josh Allen, that's got to be part of the game, right? Remember Harbaugh was asked after Lamar's first year uh, of playing, are you going to cut this down? It's like, then he's not Lamar. He's not. Right? He he just becomes another another quarterback that you're trying to fit – the uh, the round round peg in the square hole. Yes, and so I would approach it like this: If we're in this negotiation now that we're talking about Lamar, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I'm using Cam Newton's timeline as how long I'm thinking Lamar Jackson is going to yeah. be my prime quarterback. Sure. And so if that's ten years and he's already at five, well, the next thing that I'm thinking about is five years, whatever that looks like. Hey, he wants three, cool. You'll do three, but just know at the end of this third, I don't know if we're going to sign you no, back. That's right. Because that's how you have to approach it, Mike. And so people got mad at me years ago when I talked about this, when Justin Fields was coming out. And I was like, look, Lamar Jackson, if you are the Baltimore Ravens, maybe you consider letting him graduate. Because if we have these style of quarterbacks that are like the college game, well, then you need to build your team almost like a college model where you are preparing for this guy to leave after year eight, not saying that he does, maybe he defies the odds, but you have to start thinking about that part of it. And so with Lamar Jackson, to me, the negotiation from the Ravens standpoint should be easy. I'm trying to set it up to get him to 10 because the odds suggest for all quarterbacks after 10, their game is going to fall off. Tom Brady, take him out the equation. 
most of them get you about 10 years if they're great. If they're great, they give you 10. Well, and that we talked about it with contracts for for other quarterbacks this year, Bucky, and and certainly when you know the Christian Kirk contract came up, it's like you can ask for the hey, look what Tom Brady takes from these teams when he took from New England all those years. You can ask, and every quarterback that isn't Tom Brady is going to tell you to beat it because they don't have tens of millions of dollars already in the bank. Whatever the domestic situation is now, you were looking at a net worth of he and Giselle of a billion plus. So it's a much different decision and he's playing for different reasons than a guy who's still on the come. All right. And trying to get his contract. Likewise with wide receivers with Christian Kirk, it was all right. You're paying extra money to get a guy in and he's been invaluable to them through the first four weeks of the season down there in Jacksonville. But at no point, if you were going in to negotiate for your wide receiver client, are you saying, well, look what Kirk got. No, those are outliers Mm -hmm. on the high end and on Mm -hmm. the low end. And then we filter out the noise. Okay. Asked and answered. Now let's get back down to brass tacks of what this really needs to look like. At least that's my two cents from the, uh, the cheap seats here. (laughs) He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Arvin here. Fox sports radios, Fox football Sunday already have the Packers on the move for that. And so many other pieces of news. We're going to kick it over to the news desk and our guy, Brian. Hey, Hey, buddy. Hey, Mike. Hi, Bucky. How's it going? We've got (laughs) as always, no surprise there with you too. So yeah, as you mentioned, Mike, these Packers are taking on the giants right now in London and Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and Aaron Rodgers leading this drive, but it appears to be stalling here with a fourth down upcoming in field goal range. Something interesting to note here is they're playing on turf, and according to some reports, there are some weak spots in the turf that are causing some concerns. Now, the turf was passed as far as an inspection by the the League and the Players Association, but there are some deep dips, as they call it, where they connect some of the artificial grass together that could be problemsome for the players. By the yeah, by the way, Giants defensive tackle Leonard Williams will not be playing in this game, of course, with a knee injury. Three games in a row he has now missed. No Devontae Wyatt, the D lineman for the pack. He's got a quad injury. And we've got 11-10 remaining, of course, in this Giants-Packers game in the first quarter and a 46-yard field goal attempt upcoming here with no score. Steelers, T.J. Watt underwent knee surgery, according to NFL Network. That will push his return back to sometime in November. Bears running back David Montgomery has faith that he'll be playing today, even though he's questionable with an ankle problem. Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb and running back Tony Pollard will be in the lineup today, despite their respective health issues. Bengals wide out T. Higgins with an ankle problem and tight end Hayden Hurst. Nursing a groin ailment are in line to play. Dolphins wide receivers Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle set to go despite issues related to Hill and his groin and Waddle with his, or Hill with his quad and Waddle with his groin. The Saints green lighting running back Alvin Kamara today as he bounces back from a rib injury. Buccaneers wide receiver receiver Russell Gage will suit up coming off a back injury. Tampa pass catcher Julio Jones is a game time decision. Zay Jones ball or pass catcher for the Jaguars, the wide receiver who missed last week with an ankle issue, is expected to see the field today. We're not expected to see Pat's quarterback Mac Jones, the Patriots QB a no go, meaning that they're going to 
in New England bring up and get the call up to and give the starting nod to quarterback Bailey Zappi, who has his first NFL start. And finally, guys, the Cowboys believing quarterback Dak Prescott has a chance to play in next week's contest against the Eagles. However, that status all hinges on how fast and how much recovery he sees in progress from his thumb injury in the lead up to that. We do have a field goal. It was made by the Packers. They're up three to nothing, a 46 yarder. And as I send it back to Bucky and Mike, I, I know Mike, you know, as a soccer player, I'm thinking about you making a 46 yarder. And I, I think, Harmon, you had that down as well if they put you out there. Yeah, I got the leg. <laughs> I, I, I think we might be able to pull that off. If nothing else, I'll send my daughter in as my yes. proxy. I'll send you a couple of her free kicks from yesterday. Perhaps uh, that'll work for you. Hey, Bucky, uh, Fenley's added some more to the resume. I don't know Aww. if you caught this on Twitter. Oh, you're so Our guy's kind, now but... added to the yeah. Tennis Channel yeah, lineup. Tennis. Hey, look Aww. at you. Hey, I, I, saw, I saw that. I Aww. saw that. I saw that. And I've... congratulations to Fenley. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know if you uh, – uh, or a tennis aficionado. I don't know if you have game, but I appreciate you uh, <laughs> kind of stepping out and expanding the horizons. I think you'll be there with my guy Steve Wiseman, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. He was so kind as well to, to welcome me to the family. So as soon as we start some of these match commentaries and and those come up and available, love to post and, and see what you guys think. I know you guys will be busy with the NFL season, but yeah, there's there's other sports going on, and and it would be fun to to see what you guys think. No, it's fantastic no, stuff, cool. Brian. At Brian Fenley, where you find him on Twitter. Keep apprised of everything. Uh, no, we love to see the expansion, brother. That's great stuff. Saw that earlier in the week. Wanted to make sure we made a nod to it today. Guys, it means so much that you brought that up, Harmon and Bucky, and really appreciate you so much. Appreciate you, man. Good to see you this morning. All right, we're going to finish up here from the TireRack.com studios with a little update on this early Sunday morning game and some of the best that's on tap for Week 5 of your National Football League. Hang with us here. It's Fox Sports. Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Hey, football fans, be sure to tune in. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM this morning. Coming up in 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. That's right, 10 a.m. Eastern, taking you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMGM. Some late action before kickoff in this one, Bucky, as the Packers with an early 3-0 lead about midway through the first quarter. Drove down, promising drive, couple of throws slightly off the mark. I think a little bit of wide eyes of, I got a lot of green, or if I can get the ball out fast into his hands, he's got a lot of room to run. Instead, they settle for a field goal, and that's when we were talking to Fenley uh, about the field conditions there. But the uh, betting line went all the way from Packers minus 8 up to 9.5 in some Books is where it closed. Mm. How do you like that? Quick point and a half. <clears throat> I wonder what's what's up with the action. What do they know that we don't know? Well, that the uh, Packers are, are playing a team that doesn't have Williams, and maybe someone just waited to the last minute and decided <laughs> to, to a couple of big big uh, big boys with uh, giant satchels of money or women for that matter. I don't know who's placing the bets. Uh, decided they wanted to get in or syndicate money. I, I'm sure they'll have it all on countdown to kickoff. Kind of talking about exactly what uh, 
inspired such movement. So it, it was either uh, minus nine or minus nine and a half. So we'll uh, be listening here. Fox Sports Radio, 10 minutes from now, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you're going out and about on a Sunday morning. Maybe you've got a two and a half hour drive to a soccer game like I had yesterday for my daughter. I mean, there's all that kind of fun. And you can take the iHeartRadio app with you everywhere and keep Fox Sports Radio. We'll have you apprised all the way through Red Zone Radio uh, as the games are live as well. Uh, we got a couple of games just to get through uh, quickly and, and a nod to some of the best coming up of the day. But Seattle plus five uh, at New Orleans. Uh, more Andy Dalton action. Kamara expected to go. I, I bring this game up only uh, because we've been talking a lot about Russell Wilson and the joy that Pete Carroll has uh, and really the season that Geno Smith's been put forth thus far. Can they get any juice out of uh, Russell and company looking bad? Like in that locker um, room and, and in that coaching staff that might help to inspire an effort here on a Sunday? Or am no, I reaching I think too big- far? No, I think I think the big thing is, is has nothing to do with Russell. I think they now are very, very comfortable in the direction that they've they've gone, right? I think it would be different if Russell was playing great and Gino was terrible for the Seattle Seahawks. I think now they're emboldened that Gino's playing well, Russell's having his struggles. So they've been able to kind of like wipe their hands clean of that situation and kind of stand in front of their fans and say, hey, here's why we made the move. We wanted this kind of like a better feel, a better chemistry, a better flow in the locker room. Now it's about well, how can we get Gino to continue to sustain this level of play that he's given us? Can we um, build upon some of the things that he's shown thus far, or is it going to come to an end? And so that's what it is. Now, I think the excitement is, hey, man, look at where we are. We're 2-2. Two two. We got Gino Smith playing great. What else can we do to help him play at a high level? Maybe we can get into the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. What does that look like? What does that that plan of action. If anything, you're excited because the vision, the division is right there for you to get it. So yeah, you're you're excited if you're the Seattle Seahawks. It has little to do with Russ and more to do with where your team is playing. San Francisco six and a half point favorites on the road to Carolina. Carolina loses uh, handily here instead of in front of the home crowd. Does Matt Rule make it to Week Six? I think so. Uh, I think he's he's gotten assurances from ownership that. He's going to be there. I, I, I think so. I think he has to just find a way to, to win. The quarterback position has been horrible for them. Like no, they haven't You just keep putting whoever. band-aids. I mean, like all of it. So you just can't get it done. And so at some point, you have to figure that part out. And, you know, we'll see what it looks like for Matt Rule. Fun week from the TireRack.com studios. Last last thing, Bucky, real quick. Uh, you got your 10-second response. Uh, who's our big performer of the week that we uh, write the headlines about tomorrow? Uh, let's go with hmm, that's the Geno Smith again. How about that? Say that again. Geno Smith again. Oh, you want to go to Geno? It's it's all Geno all the time. I love it. He's Buggy Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. Look out for those Patriots. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.